Pokémon. Dancing Queen Emma! <laughs> oh, my Abba face is fucking back. <laughs> We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, that'll, that'll show up. <laughs> Fuck you, guy. <laughs> he likes to seize it, and then he seizes immediately switch to Abba. He's like, whoa. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, putting this back in. Jesus Christ, where is it? <laughs> Who knows? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like up my butt. <laughs> You're like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, zip. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I do the Pillsbury Doughboy laugh. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, this is definitely not the latest we've ever recorded. This is but not. But it's the latest we've we ever recorded worked. on a Sunday. <laughs> and I just gleeked all over my computer. <laughs> like, shuts it's down. It's fine. We're fine. Okay. We're just jumping into this. So just say hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? Yes. We are your slutty hosts. I am Channa. And I'm Corey. And we're here to rock your fucking world. Yeah. So get fucking rocked. <laughs> so get fucking rocked. Yeah. Happy Monday or Sunday night. It's definitely Monday morning at this point. Or it's a Thursday. Whatever. But happy day what to you. It? We hope you have a good day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We are literally recording on Sunday night at 1127. Here's the deal. We have been trying to record for the past like three and a half uh, easily hours. Easily three and a half hours. But we have run into problem after problem after problem. It's fine. So just know we have endured for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, we literally... Met some cool guy on a lift, and it's true. It's fun. Yeah, like every cord that could break has broken. Yep. Our our fort has fallen apart like six different times. Uh-huh. Uh, I spilled champagne all over my TV. <laughs> yes, and, and also it like randomly oozed from the walls. It randomly like oozed, oozed from all the walls, like it's, a gay Amityville horror. Yeah, exactly. It's been quite the night, so we hope you really enjoy this podcast and understand how difficult it was to get this to you yes we have gone through so many trials <laughs> um, let's see also today we had Toulouse's memorial yeah we did which was really special was cute. um so if you want to see pictures of that you can just go check us out on our instagram our instagram is anyways how's your sex life and our facebook and twitter is ahysl podcast that is where i post nudes i post jokes memes you name it, we post it. Tits. You can also slide into our DMs through our social media. True. Or go to our website, which is ahyslpodcast.com. Also, before we g- jump into my faggot fact, we need to say and request, if y'all could, tell people about our podcast and go to iTunes and give us a review. A motherfucking review. Because yeah. we have like five reviews, but we have a bunch more listeners. So please leave us a review because it just helps us. And it'll help get our podcast a little bit more mm-hmm. known to the world. Yeah, so that'd be great if you guys can leave us a review. I know iTunes is like the main place for reviews. I know like Stitcher has reviews. I don't know if Podbean does, but 
iTunes is the main one. That's the big daddy. So be a good baby daddy and leave us a motherfucking review. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I will start taking up the fucking twatter. <laughs> Corey's going to take over Twitter because I hate Twitter. Because we all hate Twitter. Who cares no, about Twitter? No, just y'all? Corey and I hate Twitter. The majority of our generation loves it. There's a whole gay do. Twitter, Corey, that you can be a part There's of. There's a gay Twitter? Yeah, it's like a whole realm on Twitter. It's gay Twitter. Oh, oh that's your time. The realm of gay Twitter. Yeah. No. See, I, well, I connected our Instagram to Twitter, so at least every time I post on Instagram, Twitter yeah. will be notified. I like and my I, gay Instagram. And we have friends on Twitter. I talk to this one girl on Twitter all the time. Okay, I'll get on Twitter. I'll be in charge of Twitter. We'll both we'll both double-team Twitter. How about okay. that? Because, yeah, Twitter's just like, and eh, me. I just don't, I mean, our thoughts are interesting, but by the time I think of something funny and I write it down, right. I'm like, it's not funny anymore. Yeah, like I already put it on a podcast. I don't need to send it in a tweet. Ooh, maybe what we should do for Twitter... We just do quotes from our podcast, so it's okay. constant. And then we're like, well, oh. and funny memes. Yeah, and funny memes. You can never go wrong with memes. But if we do quotes from our podcast, and we're like, oh, and then let's do it here. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> team meeting complete. You guys were just part of a team <laughs> you meeting. You just started team meeting. <laughs> so if you guys have any feedback <laughs> as our board of listeners. If you have any good ideas, we could promote you. <laughs> from <laughs> listener to intern. Super listener. <laughs> to intern. Get us iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. Only iced coffee. Someone right now is like, okay, okay. I'll do it. <laughs> Okay, so jump into my fact of fact? Yeah, let's jump into your fact of fact, and then we'll do my spooky spooky. Okay, so mine today, I first started out trying to do the first three LGBT books of the mo- of modern fiction, okay. and I'll get into what modern fiction is or what I am identifying it as, um, or defining it as. Um, but ba- basically, it ended up getting into all this other like history of literature and going into like the Enlightenment era and the Romanticism, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure... If you've been to college, you've heard or even like listened in, in high school English, you've heard some of these movements, mm-hmm. you know, like we all put like uh, it, like Jane Eyre, the book. And then you have like, what's her name? Jane Austen. Oh, yeah. Like she's a romantic writer and stuff like that, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'll get into that a little bit because it was just really interesting and in how it ties into gay or like in LGBT and like homosexual homos. history. Yeah. And homos. Nice. So I titled it now the gay literature of the modern era of literature era of literature <laughs> so lots of literature yeah yeah, yeah right you're like the literature of literature well, of i was trying to literature. like you can't, the modern era of literature there was no way to like substitute literature for something else because i couldn't put like gay books of the modern era of literature i mean i guess i could but some of them aren't just books there's like poems and stuff oh pretty so we'll get into that they're like roses are red violets are blue suck my dick because <laughs> you're, <laughs> you you're a dude what did you say because you're a dude because you're a dude oh that's cute <laughs> poems by channa because <laughs> you're a dude <laughs> that's my next my my uh, spin-off podcast series is poems by channa and it's just like, terrible we'll just poems like... yeah <laughs> That's Cynthia. hilarious. <laughs> That's fucking funny. You are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia, you are dead. <laughs> go watch 22 Jump Street If you Street didn't right get now. that, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go watch, pause this, turn us off. I don't care. Literally go turn us off Jump, and go, go watch, watch 22 Jump Street. It's a requirement in order it to even like us. Yeah, true. And if you don't think it's funny, you won't think this podcast is funny. Yeah, uh-uh. We'll just sum it up for you now. If you're not in your, tw- uh, if you're not, if you're over 35, I will respect that you do not think it's funny. Yeah. But if you were under 35, you better fucking like it. Because it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the, what I'm defining moder- the modern era of literature as, as is literature of literature. Uh, the 18th century and up. So 1700s and up. And that include that starts with the Enlightenment period. Daddy. And that's right when the Renaissance period of literature ends and the Enlightenment period starts. So I had all this shit to like explain what the Enlightenment era, uh, era is. But I'm just going to read something really quick and then and then sum it up. A little bit in like layman's terms. Okay. okay. So basically it is coined as a celebration of ideas, a celebration that the human mind could achieve with dedication um, and what it could achieve with the scientific method. So basically 
just paraphrasing this is it's like, hey, people are like, hey, Renaissance, we don't need the church anymore. We don't need these institutions and the monarchy over us. Mm. Let's like all be like egalitarianism. Like, let's just go to the people, power to the people. Mm. And like we create our own ideas. And it basically just is like super like a liberal time of like, hey, power to the society. And let's like challenge everything. Yeah, power power to your mind. Like, no, literally. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, naturally it brings a lot of open ideas. Mm -hmm. So going into the queer stuff about it is besides uh besides like this whole new opening the alignment bought uh, brought like a focus to the classical era of greek and greek and rome classical era and so during this time it, it like brought up a model for contemporary life that puts the greek appreciation of nudity the male form and the male and male friendship um with its unavoidable homoerotic undertones Oof. into art and literature of the time Oof. yeah so because of this fascination of the classical era, era with the like homoerotic undertones that like that had to come with it that started influencing the artists and writers of the time. So it was common for gay authors at this time to include allusions to Greek uh, mythological characters as a code that homosexual readers would recognize. Ooh. Gay men of the period commonly understood ancient Greece and Rome to be societies where homosexual relationships were tolerated and even encouraged. And references to these cultures might identify uh, to those cultures might identify an author or book's sympathy with gay readers and gay themes, but at the same time, they're probably overlooked by straight readers of the time. Mm. So early Gothic uh, fictional, uh, fiction authors like Matthew Lewis, William Thomas Beckford, and Francis Latham were, uh, who were homosexuals. It's like believed they're homosexuals and there's good evidence. Um, they would su- sublimate the themes expressing homosexuality in more acceptable forms using genres like gothic and horror fiction. Cool. So gothic is sort of a subgenre of the next period of romanticism that comes in. So the so and you know every all of these like periods of literature overlap a little bit. Yeah. But if you just to like think easily, the 18th century so the 1700s is enlightenment and then the 19th century the 18th century is romanticism. Okay. But it overlaps, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it can't not. It's art. Yeah, it's it's fucking art, bitch. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. It's art. It's art. Like this podcast, art. People are like, no. Art. No, this is art. <laughs> this is art. This is podcast, <laughs> the the period of podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, really quickly, um, a good example of what I just talked about, subtle homoerotic tones being put into, this is actually isn't really that subtle, but uh, like homoerotic tones being put into these early gothic uh, books is in The Monk. It came out in 1796. It's a really good fucking book. Go read it. I've read it myself. It's by Matthew Lewis, one of the authors I mentioned earlier. And y'all, like the it, this, it's literally about a, a monk, like a thirty-year-old monk mm-hmm. who falls in love with a uh, another monk Ooh. in the convent. But the whole thing is that there's a dramatic irony going on where the reader, I believe, um, how come every single it's time fine. there we were no start... big dicks until now? It's fine. <laughs> I haven't even heard a big dick in like four days. No, right? Yeah. Um, but so like, I forget there's like a dramatic irony where either the reader knows that the person is a woman or you don't know, but mm. everybody, like they know okay. that the, um, that the monk that he falls in love with is a woman. And I forget which one it is, but basically there's some dr- dramatic irony going on where you, the reader or the main character doesn't know it's a woman. So he really falls in love with the man, but then realizes it's a woman, whatever, blah, 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 mm. blah. Um, but they basically like fall in love in a way, but not, not sexually. And then when she reveals that she's a woman in disguise um like then it becomes you know sexual so but the whole thing is it's like this whole 
weird backstory of witchcraft, et cetera, et cetera, that Lucifer himself shows up. This sounds like my type of book. No, no, it's awesome. The ending is batshit crazy. Like, I could not believe this was in a book that was in set written in 1796. I was like, holy fucking shit, they went there. That's crazy Do you awesome. own the book or did you like read I it? I own the book. Can yeah. I borrow it? Yeah, it's, cool. it's fucking cool. You have to get through a lot of like meh stuff, yeah. but it's, it's really fucking cool. Basically, that's sort of like a subtle hit of like, oh, hey, this guy falls in, you know, sort of like um, really likes this young monk that comes in and you can tell that it's basically like a little bit more than romantic. And then when you figure out it's a woman, then it becomes romantic and you're like, hmm, that felt romantic before. Yeah. You know, and that's because the author is gay and he was trying to hide it in there. Also, when Lucifer's described, he literally is just a fuckboy twink that's hot and naked. Nice. He literally, like the description is like, you know, shrouded in like clouds, but he's like literally this hot like blonde just like <gasps> we know like a hot chiseled. blonde twink yeah yeah twink. literally oh my god it's like just, yeah it's so funny <laughs> it, it's really good basically what happens from here is you go into romant- the romantic era to romanticism so romanticism i'm not going to go into those ideals and actually romanticism is in the literature era like you know academia they're mm-hmm. sort of like a lot of different ideas of what romanticism is but basically the biggest thing is it switches from society to the individual Mm. and it gets very artistic from the individual's perspective okay um that's like the influence of romanticism and then there's a lot of other sub ideals and ideologies that go with it so whatever we don't need to get into it yeah anyways this idea of of like the roman and greek classical era sort of blossoms even more and the more liberal ideas and homosexual ideas that come with that get even more intense so now i'm going to get into some of the like earliest books um of homosexuality that will make you wet yeah that'll make you wet with dread your (laughs) butthole will throb butthole will throb (laughs) (laughs) so um the first one is a year in in arcadia it's an 1805 novel by augustus uh duke of suck a dick i don't know it is noted as the earliest known novel that centers on an explicitly male-to-male love affair so it's an explicit like we are not being subtle anymore. There is no yeah. like reading between the lines. This is a fucking dude with the dick and another dude with the dick. Yeah. Getting it on. He's like, I have a dick. And I'm fucking a person with a dick. With a what dick. am I? Yeah. <laughs> They're like straight. He's like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. He's like, I am queer. gay. It starts, that's how the, the novel starts. Yeah. I'm gay. No, no, no. Yeah, that's it's like the it's like the the main character talking to the reader. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, bet you. But you're wondering how I got here. Well, so there I was, barbecue sauce on my titties. <laughs> the barbecue sauce on my titties, record scratch. <laughs> it's such a funny meme. Okay. So a year in Arcadia is structured as a set of poems, one for each month of the Attica calendar. It's set in ancient Greece and it features several couples, but one of them is a homosexual one. And in there, it's them and these other couples falling in love and overcoming obstacles and then living happily ever after, which was is is important. Yeah. To actually know. Noted. Because especially within film, and that's a whole other fucking podcast that, Yeah, that's like a separate motherfucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a, a bonus book episode. And, a, and then a documentary. <laughs> there actually is one. Go look. The Celluloid Film Closet. It's fine. Um, having a positive ending for any homosexual relationship is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it like in the past 10 years, it's been a lot better, but, you know, not really. Have you read this book? No, I haven't read any of the new, any of the books we're about to talk about. I haven't read them at all. Because they're like, I've never heard of them until I researched Till Till now, yeah. Yeah, so the second one. It is called Joseph and His Friend, A Story of Pennsylvania. It was written in 1870 by Bayard Taylor, and it is the first American homosexual novel. 
It's about a recently married man who gets in a train crash and through that train crash ends up meeting a man who becomes his mentor and close friend. So they each start to really admire each other and then that grows from admiration to romantic love. Yeah. Um, And so basically, eventually the man leaves his wife and develops an intense romantic relationship with the man he met, blah, blah, blah. So however, critics are divided in interpreting Taylor's novel novel because on top of being an author, he was sort of a diplomat. So basically people are wondering whether it it was a gay relationship or it's just 19th century bro okay. relationship. Say like a bromance. Yeah, because back then it was a lot more open and that is also due to the acceptance of Greek and Roman like classical era. Mm. So it was just a lot more open and you could say like I love you and, yeah. and say it th- with that much conviction and it wasn't like gay. The mentor thing because you mentioned that he met a guy as oh, mentor. Yes. It reminds me a lot of one of your other faggot facts when you talked mm-hmm. about like the Greek mentors. And this is where it comes from, from the Enlightenment era. Okay. When they really got into the classical era and it became, it like was drawn into basically quote unquote pop culture of yeah. the time. Um, that is where you get it. For the mentors. That's when they learned about that and were like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Look at that. We're connecting faggot facts. Connecting faggot facts. Faggots are connecting. Connecting. Current mood. <laughs> docking. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. Docking. Faggots are connecting. Docking. And three... <laughs> Two, one. Go on Pornhub and type in gay docking. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hashtag <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Hashtag you're welcome. Wait, go on Pornhub, type in gay docking, watch like four videos, throw up or don't throw up. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and then go and watch the sec what's it the, the second, second Independence Day. Independence Day, <laughs> you'll get it within ten minutes. You're welcome. You'll get it within like ten <laughs> seconds. You'll understand why Corey and I were the only people in the entire theater laughing. hysterically the entire laughing. Time. We were those people. We were like in tears. <laughs> we were laughing so hard. That's why Corey and I love watching movies together. It's so fun. Because we're both are on the exact same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> so, even even if it's like because we can we can even we can appreciate Coriness. Yeah. We, like we I enjoyed watching that movie. Yeah. It's a shitty movie. Yeah. But I enjoyed it watching so it because we could laugh at its corniness. And that's why we're not movie snobs, because we can yeah. still enjoy the yeah. movie just to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but that movie's hysterical. <laughs> um, so the third one, I'm not going to do the fourth one because it's actually going to tie into uh, uh, Oliver Wilde. Oscar, sorry, Oliver Wilde. Sorry, I was thinking Oliver Twist. By okay, Charles that's Lincoln, what I thought you were going it's for. It's Oscar Wilde. Ooh! I'm going to get into Oscar Wilde later, so I won't Absinthe. talk about the last one. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he's gay and he wrote uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Mm. We'll all get into that. I'll get into that. That's another fact of fact. Anyways, so the third one is Carmilla. Ooh. So sorry to talk about like fucking males with dicks. We're going into lesbians. So, Itch. written in 1872 by Sheridan Lefoun. I don't know, an Irish gothic writer. That doesn't fucking sound Irish. That does not. Whatever. We're no believing judgment. Wiki right now. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we? What, what do we know? What are we? We know nothing <laughs> next to Wiki. Um, so, an Irish gothic writer... Um, who I will read specifically from Wiki. It states him was a leading ghost story writer of the 19th century <gasps> and was central to the development of the genre in the Victorian era. Ooh, so that, so I just cool. wanted to put that out there because if y'all want to go look up stuff, because I'm going to actually read more of him. So that's why I put it in there. Anyways, yeah, spooky shit. So y'all. besides being the first, besides being the first lesbian uh, vampire story ever, it also predates Bram Stoker's Dracula by, I don't, uh, I think I was- like seven years or something like that? I was just about to say like, oh, like a lesbian Dracula, but it predates Dracula. No, so it predates cool. Dracula. Ja- Dracula. Cool. Also, um, there is an unofficial chapter or like a chapter zero or an unofficial first chapter or like a chapter zero of Dracula that is a precursor that Bram Stoker wrote that he like basically expanded into Dracula that we know today mm. that he wrote in his like 
crazy not play not plagiarized at all but it yeah. crazy has like a lot of the same motifs from camilla cool. that he wrote into was, the chapter was camilla was it like a big thing back then yeah so i i wrote uh, people obviously didn't super Respond some people it. were obviously probably offended by it yeah but it's written by a straight man and it has lesbians in it so i'm sure it was like semi-accepted because you know it's just a straight like, man also straight i bet man. you those sex scenes are hilarious yeah I'm trying to like yeah. explain what's going on so the story is narrated by a young woman who is preyed upon by a female vampire named camilla the character is a lesbian vampire and expresses romantic desires towards the protagonist but here's probably why it wasn't that crazy is because carmilla's like expression of love and desire for the narrator uh -huh. or the other woman makes her the antagonist. Oh, okay. And okay. is like the main source of her antagonist antagonism. So that's why it wasn't like the biggest. Yeah, because it's like shock. the classic, just like he's gay or she's gay, so she dies and she's the villain. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Back we're, then. we're we're moving on. <laughs> we're fine within the context we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's like some quick little history. That's about, cool. You know, uh, the gay literature in the modern era. I love it. Of literature. <laughs> of literature. literature. And did we mention literature? <laughs> say say literature one more time. Literature. <laughs> literature. Ooh, we can do like the ASMR or whatever. Is it ASMR? I think so. Yeah. Literature. Literature. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. Let's, Let's get spooked. Get into my spooky scoop. So, my spooky scoop is about facts, y'all. So, motherfucking facts. Get back. So, it's not going to like scare the shit out of you, but it's important that you fucking know. Mm -hmm. these facts and oh yeah this is like crazy serious yes yeah. it is and this is actually leading into multiple spooky scoops my spooky scoops for the next like four or five episodes are gonna be real is going to be uh, based off of this so yeah. I'm talking about human trafficking um, and there are multiple different types of human trafficking so each spooky scoop for the next couple episodes I'm gonna focus Ooh, on a cool. specific cool. type of human trafficking just to inform you guys so um, first we're gonna start off with the basic definition of what human trafficking is and just to let you guys know, I got all of this information. There's so many organizations out there and sites and everything like that about human trafficking. Um, but I got all of this specifically from enslaverynow.org. In case you want nice. to look this up through the organization, I found this all through. So what is human trafficking? So the United Nations defines human trafficking as the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of persons by improper means, such as force, abduction, fraud, you know, that type of shit, um, for an improper purpose, including forced labor or sexual exploitation. Um, it takes many, many forms, like I mentioned. There's sex trafficking, there's domestic servitude, there's forced labor, there's bonded labor, there's child labor, and there's forced marriage. Today, we're going to focus on sex trafficking, and for the next couple episodes, my spooky scoop we'll will be focusing the other, the other ones. Okay. So just to inform everybody, because personally, me, myself, like when I think human trafficking, the first thing I think of is sex trafficking. Yep. I'm a woman, and that's just like natural. Or just but, like going to Mexico, and your like four-year-old daughter's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there are so many different forms of human trafficking, so I think it's important no to offense, highlight each Mexico, one. Mexico, sorry. So we're going to get through <laughs> sex trafficking first because that's the biggest one. Um, again, I got this information from endslaverynow.org. Um, so sex trafficking is a crime when women, men, and or children are forcefully involved in, in commercial sex acts. In the United States, any minor under the age of 18 engaged in commercial sex acts is automatically considered a victim of sex trafficking under the law. Worldwide, it is estimated that there are around 4.5 million victims of sex trafficking. Damn. Let's let that number sit in for a second. 4.5 million. Damn. Yes. Um, now, worldwide, false promises 
um, are ways in which traffickers bait and enslave their victims, both adults and minors. Um, so it doesn't really matter who. They just use uh-huh. um, false promises as a way, depending if it's – it doesn't really matter if it's a minor or adult. Indigenous populations and those who live in poverty are typically – um, economically and politically marginalized, thus most lack rights and access to basic services such as education, which makes them particularly vulnerable for, to sex trafficking. And many times, uh, these people from these communities are offered false employment opportunities in major cities. For example, men and boys are sent overseas to work in, in construction and oh, agriculture, no. but they're also forced to perform sex commercial sex acts. Women and girl and young girls may be offered jobs as models or nannies or waitresses or dancers. Yeah. Um, but so some traffickers operate under agencies. They offer cross-country dating services. You know, however, upon arrival, these individuals are immediately abused, threatened, and sold into the sex industry. So, so but like, I listened to a podcast called uh, Last Podcast on the Left, and they were talking about this basically massage place where a lot of like Korean or Thai people work. Are they talking about the Seattle one that just got busted? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> y'all li- they, y'all literally have the same news feed. They have like the same news, Cute. news feed. I probably, you. you know what? I probably communicated with them on true crime boards and whatnot. No, I'm so sure. So um, basically they were talking about, or like, so in that example, not specifically that example, but in massage parlors same... are a big example of sex trafficking. Okay, yeah. So because they're there, and I mean, yes, they are. They are masseuse, or they're, they're they are massage. They're not technically massage therapists. So, Bakes, I'm I'm backing you up on this. Um, oh yes, Our... they are masseuses, and they are probably forced by their owners to offer hand jobs. They are. So that's a form of sex. Uh, you would that call is, that. No, that is 100%. Okay, cool. One okay. of the biggest examples of sex trafficking, because I was looking up so many things about it, but I just include like the basic definitions for this one. Yeah, yeah. But one of some examples of places they gave to find sex trafficking are like obviously brothels or like webcams. You know how like cam girls, like maybe the cam mm-hmm. girl you're looking at, she could be involved in sex trafficking. You don't really know. Not saying they all are. Like, go you girl if you're doing cam girl. I'm not trying to say you're part of sex trafficking. But and it's fine if you look at cams. But if you see the girl in the background and she's like looking at you and like blinking a Morse code, like, like fucking say fucking her. pay attention to her blinks. <laughs> but um, and masseuse parlors were the biggest one. Actually, our friend Bakes, big shout out to him. He is a massage, massage therapist. therapist. Yes. And what was really interesting to us is when he was in mas- massage school, because automatically I always just assumed massage therapists were masseuses. Yeah, like it's interchangeable. Yeah, it's, it's an interchangeable yeah. word. But uh, he said it's like a big, 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 big deal to never call a massage therapist a masseuse because a masseuse means happy endings. Yes. Where a massage therapist means professional. So therefore, like, just so you guys know, if you ever go to a place and they say they're a masseuse, if they're an actual massage therapist, that they'll know they not to use that. Dick. Yeah, they'll or, be... Or flick your bean. Yeah, whichever. Uh, okay, continuing on about my super fun sex trafficking facts. Often, traffickers keep victims under their control by saying they'll be free after they pay their debt. The debt is supposedly incurred from victims' recruitment, transportation, upkeep, um, or even their crude sale. Thus, sex trafficking may occur within debt bondage slash bonded labor. Victims of sex trafficking may eventually perform other functions, so in addition to being forced sex workers, some traffickers use sex trafficking to recruit other victims. So they're, they're so they're incredibly manipulated. Like, oh, yeah. in order for us to free you, you have to make X amount of money or recruit X amount of people. And so now suddenly the sex trap the sex, sex trafficking. So here's an example. So you know when like you're getting off the freeway and you see those signs where it's like, Oh, do you want to become a real estate agent or oh, something? Shit. Call this number, things like that. Like, they're looking for easy opportunities to get people to make a quick buck, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or 
kidnapped. Like, do you remember when we went Fuck. to Vegas for my 21st? No. Good example. Better example than that. Involves Vegas. After my 21st birthday in Vegas, there was a girl from Utah that she was walking in a casino with her family and she was taken and sold into sex slavery. No. Her family walking did down everything. The strip? Like, in a, like in the Cosmo where we were with Kaylin. And then she goes, she was like you. a 16 year old girl and just like Fake vanished. News. Fake news. <laughs> and, um, and then her family got in touch with all these organizations. They actually found her through sex trafficking. Like they were able to locate her, which is like a miracle because it doesn't really happen. What the fuck? But yeah, like girls, women and children Wait, or she was men. just like walking in the casino in the Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Las Vegas is a huge predatorial spot for sex trafficking. I never, I've never felt uneasy there. I will obviously Ever. me as a woman, Wait, but I'm I've a fucking six four male. Yeah, so just my privilege. Me as a woman, I can't even walk into my parking garage without feeling uncomfortable. That's true. Okay. So um, I'm just a fucking. It happens everywhere. You know, you people, you can. If it could be a job offer. But you like all of us down walking the down the strip for your birthday when we were like crazy ass drunk. Yeah. Did you feel? I mean, I guess yeah. You're always like on a low. I'm key, always on where like yeah. You have like a base level of like fuck. Yeah. The yeah. only time in my entire life I haven't ever known my surroundings was Hordum last year because I have no memory of Hordum but you saved me from being raped Corey legitimately <laughs> saved me from being raped everyone like, y- yeah we're and, not using this word lightly. it was it was by another girl so like that happens too it, yeah it was by another girl because she told Corey because I was yeah. I I honestly don't serious. remember one thing of that night and I was so gone and this girl was like no I'll take her home like don't even worry you go dance I'm gonna put her in my car and mm-hmm. take her home mm-hmm. and like and Corey like, what the fuck yeah Corey's like nah girl like I'm gonna take care <laughs> of her and she was pushing leave. so hard to try to get yeah. Corey to get away from me yeah. so she can take me home and like I was I was probably passed out at that point like y- y- you were yeah you were like you were almost there yeah yeah I literally. Yeah, it was crazy. And Corey the next morning, well, Corey then also that night fell asleep holding me by a toilet yeah, cradling. Because no one is going to die in their own throat. Yeah, Corey <laughs> saved the day. Going on. <laughs> um, this is actually my longest. We're like, t- we're like 30 minutes in. So as a, But people are enjoying this. They're like, no, we're not S- skipping f- every 15 They're seconds. Like, give us some fucking spooky scoops. <laughs> so as a result, so like I mentioned, some, some victims of se- sex trafficking is now finding victims themselves to try to get their own freedom. So as a result, when sex trafficking victims are caught, they might be detained and prosecuted for criminal charges because they're being pimps now, prostitution, things like that. And depending on the area, you know, the charges will vary. Yeah. You know, however, a legal charge um, is only one area of concern because sex trafficking has devastating consequences for the trafficked individual. Victims suffer from long-lasting physical and psychological trauma, and the majority ever. of the time, they have um, diseases and, and STIs, and they yep. have HIV or full-blown AIDS, gonorrhea. You name it. They yeah. have mo- uh, malnutrition. They are. Um, s- they have social ostracism. You know, they are. Mm-hmm fucked up after this so trying to they have addiction to drugs Mm -hmm. anything so trying to get these individuals back into society is an extremely difficult and heart-wrenching process Um, now my last thing about sex trafficking is if you know something or you see something odd or out of place definitely say something there are organizations around the world so many organizations just type in sex trafficking in wherever you are also donates you can donate at Ex- In-N-Out. Exactly. So you can, oh, yeah, donate. I'm like, I'm like supporting In-N-Out. In-N-Out. Y'all, this is a test how good of a place In-N-Out is to work at. I worked there three years ago, and I'm still, like, vouching for it. Right? But there are organizations all around the world who are fighting for human trafficking. I mean, Ashton Kutcher has an organization. Oh, hell yeah. So just stay informed. 
about this issue and don't forget this issue because this is very important for you it, guys to it, it notice. It is one that I easily like don't think about. Right. And, yeah. a, and a tip of yours can save someone's life. So if you notice something suspicious, call it in. Talk to an organization because you could change someone's entire life and you could change situations. Yeah, or like some like passed out girl getting dragged off. Yeah. off. Yeah. So definitely be aware and just look at the world because the world, there's some crazy shit going on. And that is my very important spooky scoop for you guys about sex trafficking. Next week, we'll talk about a different form of human trafficking. So yay for, for that. <laughs> yay for next week. So right now, we are going to take a short little break, pee break and a twerk break. So we'll be back after these words from our favorite podcast, Best Friends. Best Friends. Is your Netflix queue basically all true crime movies and series? Do you ever wonder why you can't open a bottle of Tylenol without using the jaws of life? Crime Culture, hosted by me, Haley Langan, and me, Caitlin Mahar, is a podcast that discusses true crime, pop culture, and how the two relate. From killers that have inspired hit films like Silence of the Lambs, to the motives for crimes such as the murder of John Lennon. Join Haley and me every Tuesday to discover the pop culture side of true crime. We're back! Yeah, we're back. Hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed those words from yeah. our BFFs. Yeah. Go listen to them. Go listen to them because they're great. And uh, they have a an intro that I twerk to on the reg. So, Hell yeah. you know, it's good. That's fine. If you Anything that causes more twerking, I think, is great. Definitely. What was that? And what was that music video you showed me? The Cardi B one. The Cardi B one. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even know what it's called, but it's just like four and a half minutes of women twerking. If heaven isn't like that at least 30% of the time, I don't want to go. Me too. If, 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 if Satan can make that happen 30% of the time, I'm going to hell. Yeah. If gay hell isn't like it, then yeah, I won't go I'll to hell. I'll be fucking like flabbergasted. We're going to go to outer darkness. I'll be like, what was my life? It meant nothing. <laughs> what was the point if Cardi B's not twerking on my grave? Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get into my story. My yeah, supernatural uh, session. Mine today yes. is about the urban legend, the Bunny Man. The Bunny, I've and never I'm heard actually, of the Bunny me Man. Me neither. I never have heard of this, but it's actually really interesting. It's actually pretty cool. So first, we're going to talk about the where like the legend first started, like being legend and happening, okay. and then we'll go back into the origins of it. Oh, of, okay. of the legend, like within the legend, the origins of the Bunny Man. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go back in time, and then we're gonna go back back in time yeah so we're gonna double penetrate in t- back in time put on your seatbelts, ladies yeah. and gents because it's about to get wild <laughs> yeah get in your deloreans and like fucking buckle up yeah bitch. pull up the loop let's do this <laughs> so on the cold windy night of october 19th 1970 Ooh. near clifton virginia a u.s air force academy cadet robert bennett and his fiance uh, stopped to park at the clochester overpass mm-hmm. um which is a, ra- a railway overpass um around midnight while we know, like, basically, this was, like, sort of a lover's lane area, some like, some of the legends speculate sometimes. Cute. Um, but basically, what they said, like, in the reports with the police, they were like, we were visiting an uncle who lived across the street from where the car was parked. And it's like, we fucking know where you fucking were doing. Yeah, like, you're banging. <laughs> you were, you're fucking banging. <laughs> like, like, his fingers were, like, in and around your it, pussy. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so... Uh, it, their like car was on and they were like basically fucking in the back seat and they noticed <laughs> that something was moving out um like like out of the rear window and actually yeah. it says like the yeah. rear window so it's like why were you in the back seat with the car yeah on? they obviously <laughs> were humping <laughs> like like penises were going in holes yeah doesn't matter which hole but a hole <laughs> but a hole <laughs> so moments later the couple sees a man in white clothing with what looked like bunny ears on his head walk out of the darkness and into the, the light of the headlights towards the car bye 
Seconds later, the front passenger window was smashed. <gasps> Bennett turns the car, or turns like you know, gets a hold of the car and then turns the car around and like uh, starts to drive away. As he drives away, the couple hears, "You're on private property, and I will have and I have your tag number." <gasps> After they drove away, the couple noticed a hatchet lying <gasps> on the floor of the car. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so spooked. When later questioned by the police, Bennett was sure the man was wearing a white suit with long bunny ears. However, Bennett's fiance that the man did not have bunny ears on his head and that he was wearing a, a capriote. And that's basically, okay, basically, just not to offend like Catholicism and stuff, it's basically a Ku Klux Klan hat. Ooh. Okay, so like the capriote is like, I don't know if it's like the bishops or whatever, but when they parade down the streets in Spain, uh-huh. um, I think for Catholicism, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Catholicism because Spain. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they have like white hoods that are like peaked, like a Klu- so like in America we would just be like Ku Klux Klan. What? How do you spell it? I want to see. What uh, it Capriote. Like. It's a uh, uh, C A P I R O T E. Capriote. Sorry, Mike. So K or C A P I R O T E. Okay, C A P. I-R-O-T. Mm-hmm. And it'll literally, the Google image, will you'll be like, that's a Ku Klux Klan, but it's not. Sorry, I like don't fucking have my... No, you're fine. God. My computer, like, doesn't have... Okay. Okay. We're getting somewhere. It's just pulling pictures of old men. It's fine. I believe you. Okay, good, okay. Uh, no, C-A-P-I-R-O-T-E. C-A-P... I-R. Yeah, it should literally show up. Like, there should, or if you go to Google Images, we can edit this out. Fine. Oh, here we go, here we go. go. Yeah, so it literally, does, what does it look like to you? Uh, yeah, it's the KKK. Yeah, like so I, and I believe, like, the, the origins of the Capriote. Oh, sorry, that's, that's scary. It's creepy to watch it, but yeah, it happens. Ah! Ooh, and it's not creepy like to people search. who know what it is. Or, like, the, you know benevolent origins of it. Question. This is could be a spooky scoop. Yeah. Did the KKK's hat come from that? No, so I didn't want to get into it because I was like trying to research this um, uh-huh. a little bit more, but the Ku- it said the Ku Klux Klan got its hat from like some medieval thing, uh-huh. um, like from medieval times, and I think it is linked to this. There might There's probably some link if you go back far enough, but okay. I do not know and do not you I know. was just wondering if there's like a direct link. Again, like, the Ku Klux Klan is not affiliated with the Catholic Church, vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering if there was a link, like the, some KKK dude was like, yo, these hats are spooky. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fucking yo, do this, this. This sparks fear in me, so it'll spark fear in other people. Uh, Let's wear this. The Let's KKK. Let's be bitches and wear this. Fuckers. And not the fun bitches. Fuck you, KKK. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Uh, anyways, Bennett thinks it was bunny ears, and the fiance thinks it's the Capriote, the base of the Ku Klux Klan hat. That's very different. Either of those are freaky as fuck. Yeah. Actually, I, I would rather have a guy wearing bunny ears instead of a KKK mask coming at me in the dark. Yeah, because at least the bunny ears, you could probably see his face. KKK yeah, mask, it, you can't see It's hooded, and you look like, and you just look ghostly. Oh, it's creepy that. as fuck. I have chills up my entire Again, back in the body. closet. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so this is what's, what's weird, too, is both say that, that they remember seeing his face, but in the darkness, they could not determine his race. So maybe it was just some form of not the hood going over the face, but it was just like a pointed hat. Who knows? You know, it's a okay. fucking legend to begin with. So yeah. everyone, you know, deal. So the police returned the hatchet to Bennett. My my computer just went off. Sorry. So the police returned the hatchet to Bennett after examination. And to this day, they actually kept the hatchet. Ooh. Yeah. Isn't that creeps? That's creepy. Yeah. And this is a real thing. This really happened. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure this really happened, but the legend of the bunny man is a little bit more just urban legendy. Yeah. Yeah. 
This happened in the seventies, you said? Uh huh. Yeah. The second sighting occurred around the evening of October twenty ninth in nineteen seventy when the construction so just basically weeks later or like half a week later, uh when a construction security guard uh, Paul Phillips approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home. So, like, literally at night uh. or the evening. So, it's probably night because it's October. He just approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home in uh. Kings Park West on the road that basically is close. To, so, it's basically just close to this whole area, um, uh, close to the overpass. Phillips said that the man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny costume. And ah! was about 20 years old, 5 feet, 8 inches tall, and weighing about 175 pounds. The man began chopping at uh, at a porch post with a long-handed axe, saying, "You are trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop off your head." <gasps> In different different other you know iterations of the story, say uh, say that the guy says, "All you people trespassing around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm gonna bust you in the head." Uh, so Paul, no. being smart as fuck, promptly fucked the fuck off. <laughs> good. good job, Paul. He was like, don't "Bye, you. bitch. <laughs> I'm just a fucking security guard." Yeah. Bye. He's like, "Bitch, I don't get paid enough for this." <laughs> he is smart, and that's why he's alive today. Yes. <laughs> the Fairfax County Police basically opens the investigation, or opened both investigations, mm. uh, although they quickly were closed because one, there wasn't enough evidence, and and leads from the evidence. Yeah, because so, it's a fucking ghost. Yeah. So in the weeks following the incidents, more than fifty people contacted the police, claiming to have seen the quote bunny man. More than how many? A uh, fifty. Fifty yeah. five zero. Yeah, five zero. Wow. So several newspapers, including the Washington Post, um, had articles about this. And Whoa. here are some of the articles that were that were in the Washington Post. October twenty second, nineteen seventy. I'm just reading the titles. Okay. So October twenty second, nineteen seventy. Man in bunny costume sought in Fairfax. That's the county uh, where this is all happening in okay. Virginia. So October thirty first, Halloween. Ha- Happy Halloween! I'm so excited. We're so close. <laughs> We're so close. <laughs> it's March eleventh. We're getting there. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. <laughs> I need to start planning my costume now. <laughs> no, I'm so excited. It's coming. I forget about it when summer happens and when Pride happens, but then like in August, I'm like, what? we're not even doing Pride this year though, because you're gonna be oh, in Europe. No, no, I won't. For for this Pride, I won't. Oh, we're yeah. not going anywhere though. We can't afford it. We'll, we'll just be like, like we'll go to like the festival for the day. Yeah, and we'll then I'll probably go to the club with Tyler. Ooh, yeah. If you guys want to hang out with us, come to Salt Lake Pre- Festival. We'll get day uh, drunk together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get like entire day and night and evening. Drunk. We're drunk from like 10 a.m. to yeah. like. 10 a.m. the next day. I'm like, where's beer? And where's then mimosas like, and then I'm beer? like, where's mimosa? Or where's mimosa? Where's beer? Where's vodka? vodka. <laughs> <laughs> where's where's that Long Island? Oh, yeah. So uh, October 31st, Halloween of 1970, the rabbit reappears. That's ah! the title. Uh, November 4th, bunny man seen. Uh, November 6th, bunny reports are multiplying. So those were multiple Damn. hidings. All yeah. in the same county. All within the same, yeah, in the Washington Post that are referring to this Fairfax, Fairfax County in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So um, from this month forward, the overpass, is, uh, the overpass where first sighting happened came to be known as the Bunny Man Bridge. So I'm going to refer to the overpass as Bunny Man Bridge now. So later in the 70s or the 90s, I don't know, this is where the legend sort of gets a little murky. Okay. Um, a police officer uh, reportedly went through police files and library archives, etc., to find the origins of the Bunny Man. Also, the totally different reaccount of where the origins come is that that there was a uh, website in the early nine or like the mid late nineties uh, okay. where this guy named Timothy C. Forbes posted the origin story that I'm about to talk about. Okay. Yeah. What so, did he post it to? Like the OG 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 creepypasta? No, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like some. It just said some. It literally didn't even say a horror website. It just said a website in the 1990s, and I was like. <laughs> 
that sounds legit yeah it's crazy <laughs> but at least they got the name of some dude yeah. or they made it up who knows so the legend Ooh. the legend the origin stories of the bunny man Ooh. in 1904 there used to be an asylum near clifton virginia that's that's fake news <laughs> so I'm not going to say it anymore, but a lot of this is just not real. So just like deal with it. We're having fun. Okay? We're having fun. We're drinking champagne. Yeah. It's good night. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's Sunday. It's, it's suck it up. It's 12, 16 in the morning. So, and I didn't know further. There used to be an asylum near Clifton, Virginia that was shut down due to a, a petition by like the growing local population. And they were like, do we don't want this asylum next to us? It's 1904. We hate anybody that's not, you perfect. know, perfect and yeah. white. So like, you know, fuck everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they basically were like, hey, okay, we're re- relocating this asylum. And during that transfer, or transfer, during the transfer of inmates to the new facility, one of the 15 transports crashes. And the driver and most everybody is qu- killed except for 10 of the basic, of the people, of like mm-hmm. the people in the asylum. So like the patients Halloween. or inmates, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is supposed to be near like Halloween because that's a legend. Yeah, duh, awesome. why wouldn't it be? Yeah, because it's not why, near why fucking not? Easter. Yeah, know? yeah, they're like, it, it was on Good Friday. You're like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, it was on the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah, fireworks going on. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm looking at fireworks. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> anyway, so. Basically, a search party is immediately gone out, and they catch all but one. Ooh. Of course. Who could that one be? um, The man by the name of Douglas J. Griffin, um, and he was institutionalized. Funny, we talked about uh, Good Friday. He was institutionalized (laughs) for killing his family on Easter Sunday. Sunday. You know, Easter, bunny. You know, yeah, this it. is obviously our religion. It's yeah, it's, it's so, all connecting. We're connecting the dots. We're connecting real. dots, connecting dicks, docking. Docking. Uh, so soon locals began to find hundreds, uh, hundreds of cleanly skinned and half eaten <gasps> carcasses of rabbits hanging uh, from trees in the nearby forest. That's not vegan. This is not vegan. <laughs> Another search of, uh, of the area was ordered and the police located the remains of Marcus Walster Ooh. left in a similar fashion to the rabbit carcasses Ooh. hanging hanging in the tunnel and around the woods. So oh literally this guy is strung up in the tunnel. Skinned. Skinned. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, I'm spooked. Yeah, it, it's a little it's a little creepy. So he's basically in the in the tunnel that is created by the Clochester overpass, which we're just referring to as the Bunny Man overpass. So officials at this time said that it was Douglas J. Griffin who did this and began calling him the Bunny Man. Ooh. So weeks later, the police then spot Douglas in the woods um, near Sangster Station, which is just basically in the area near this overpass. Okay. So the police follow him. And they chase him through the countryside and woods until they reach the overpass where the police are at his heels. Douglas darts in front of an oncoming train <gasps> and, quote, from the police, oh lets out a burst, a burst of devilish laughter, end oh quote, oh as the train crashed into him. No. The police never found his body, nor was there any blood or signs of impact on the train, train once it was inspected. Yeah. Question so, mark, question mark, question mark. Question mark. So since then, there have been multiple reports of dead bunny carcasses and murders in the area linked to the bunny man. On Halloween night in 1905, so just a year later, a bunch of kids went to the bridge to drink and enjoy the holiday. By morning, they were all found dead, resembling the carcasses of the bunnies. Their throats were slashed, their abdomens were gutted, and their bodies were hanged from the bridge and surrounding trees. 
their killer was said to have never been caught. This is not a happy story. So again, this trend has uh, persisted over the decades with multiple teens being, you know, gutted and hung and killed. Classics. And also uh, people showing sightings of the bunny man. Jesus. Uh, you know, just in the woods of the surrounding area or just standing in the overpass. No! Like looking at people. I was wrong. And the overpass over. is literally only about 30, you know, feet long. So it's just like enough to cast a shadow in itself. And they see, they'll just see like the bunny man either standing in the, in the tunnel or on top of the, on top of the overpass and the railroad (gasps) checks, just looking at you, you know, sort of like Donnie Darko. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, I was crazy. I'm like, the, there is a tiny slit of <laughs> ew, window behind me, Corey. Ew, oh, I can see it. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm so scared. It's creep. <laughs> I don't like this. I'm very spooked. Yeah, so they see that they'll see, or they'll see him just like walking in the woods, no. dragging an axe. Hell, yeah, it's to really the creepy. No. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this is just basically uh, had continued this or like the person on the website or this police got these reports over the past decades in the, you know, in the 80s or 90s. And then since then, this has just become a complete urban legend. Jesus. And uh, people will still see him today. People will even go and visit on Halloween night. It is like, that's the biggest activity, of course. And you're supposed to go there. And if you go there, he'll kill you. But it's so big, y'all. And this is like really close to D.C. Uh-huh. So so many people will go that since 2011, there's like a, like sometimes a police roadblock that they're like, go away, go away, go away. Whoa. They'll just send away cars. They're like, no, we know why you're here. Go the fuck away. Whoa. Yeah, because like they the the roads can't handle the congestion of all the cars. Yeah. So the police are just That's like, fuck crazy. you, go away. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. See, I want to go. I'm a freak. Like when we talked about the Al Capone episode, how I said I would go into the dark jail cell. Yeah. I would do that. No, but sorry. if there was a possibility of me actually dying, I don't think I would. Because yeah. Because that crosses the line to me where you're almost well, and asking Somebody for could easily be a copycat and have a bunny. You know, like the clown people that happened two years ago that we all just forgot about? Yeah, the killer clowns. <laughs> Shall we talk about that? Yeah, right. That'd be a fun spooky scoop. You should do that. Yeah, my spooky scoop would be where the fuck, ha- what, where the how the fuck, fuck happened? Where the fuck are they? Where the fuck are they? How the fuck? If you were one of those clown people, we would interview you. Yeah, fuck you. With, like, I'll be in a different room. We'll be on Skype. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not giving you my real Skype. No. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there could be copycat. I just feel like it's asking too much. If you knew there's possibility to die. Yeah. Because getting scared is one thing. And like yeah. being in a haunted house, like, ooh, But like if someone's like, yeah, you'll die. I'm going to be like, nah. No, yeah. And he's supposed to, yeah, like his ghost is supposed to show up and kill you basically. Nope. Yeah. Uh-uh, no, sir. No, so, thank you. No, sir. Um, so, of course, I just literally typed in the bunny man, like sightings or just like encounters like yeah. modern to get a modern day story. And, of course, there's a no sleep Reddit story. Ooh. So we're going to jump into this. Hello, I Reddit. am going to paraphrase basically two thirds of it and then read to you a third of it because he's act- this guy is actually a really good or girl is a Bang. really good writer. So it's actually like really good. So I'm not going to do it all because I want to leave stuff out. So you'd go visit the no sleep Reddit page and it is written by best Korea forever. And four is the number four. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Best Korea forever. So basically it's this guy and his friend named Scott. The narrator is never named or I don't oh, remember. Scott. So you have the narrator, we'll call him um, Titties. Titties. <laughs> so Titties and Scott. Titties and Scott. <laughs> Casual, yeah. obviously. So we won't say Titties. I'll say... Rebecca. Rebecca. We'll <laughs> say Rebecca and Scott. Um, basically, are new, or Rebecca's new in the area and is like, hey, I want to go check out this bunny man legend. And Scott's like, oh, I fucking know. Let's fucking go. Okay. So they fucking go. Spooky. They drive along uh, the house. They, they go on Halloween night. Okay. First mistake. First mistake. And they are driving through the wood. They're driving through like the wooded path and stuff like that. And they know that they're getting close. So they stop and they park the car. 
Rebecca is like, what do we do? And so Scott's like, well, we're getting out and we're walking to the overpass. He's we're like, walking I'm going to like finger you a little bit and we'll go yeah. from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, so this is two, two men in the real story. And basically, I, I'm not reading this part, but he was like, and then Scott turned off the car and shut off all the lights and it was silent. And I say, what do we do? <laughs> and I was like, then you feel a hand of Scott on your dick. Yeah. And then you start sucking Scott's <laughs> dick. You, yeah. You like put <laughs> and it in your, your head into your fucking dick. <laughs> and you start doing anal, bro. Yeah. Don't that. <laughs> Basically they get out and they start walking to the place and they get there. So then I'll, I'll go into the story. So he goes, the narrow or the road narrowed into a concrete tube cutting through a small raised embar- embankment. Fuck it was that. too dark to see the top of the elevated roadway. In the waning moonlight, the tunnel was more than a yawning black opening flanked in pale gray concrete. Bunnyman Bridge, Scott said with a sense of triumph in his voice. He took out his phone and turned to face me. He made a stupid face, moved the phone around to line up the photo and press the screen. As he did, I noticed movement near the tunnel. Oh, God. Right. I'd be like, bye. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, bye, Scotty boy. Get on your own, bitch. Um, at first, I thought I was seeing things, but then I saw it again. From the bushes on the side of the structure, a tall, white form emerged. Scott saw the look on my face and spun around, phone in hand. The flashlight on his iPhone came on and lit up the roadway. Standing there, in front of the gaping black maw of the underpass, was a man in a bunny suit, well over six feet tall and gangly, all limbs and no mass. Uh There was a yellow and red fire axe grip in his hands. The long, slender ears of the bunny suit swayed behind him as he slowly made his way towards us. And that fucking creepy. God, I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm so spooked right now. Oh my so god. So dark pat dark patches stained the front of his suit. I didn't need to stretch my imagination Blood. to figure out what it was. Blood. Come. Scott <laughs> Come. This turns to a porno. Fuck uh, you. Caught stampered and backpedaled into me. Without thinking, I ripped off my jeans. And then suddenly I reached behind me and removed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was actually reading a lot of that. But he says, I reached behind me and removed my compact pistol from its holder. It's I pointed not, the gun oh, at the approaching so form and leveled the titanium sights on center mass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, get that mass. Center those sights. Yeah, with that pistol. <laughs> what else are you going to do with that little pistol? So basically, he tells the, <laughs> uh, he tells the bunny man, back up. He's like, back up. I have a gun. And then the bunny out of the bunny man costume goes, leave. <gasps> And so he, they, uh, and he starts like to continue walking towards them. So Rebecca, like, <laughs> Rebecca shoots the fucking gun, and the guy eventually just like after a Michael Myers moment of walking forward a little bit, finally slumps to the ground and passes, and just like you know stops moving. Go so Rebecca, um, Rebecca. Basically, Rebecca tells Scott, um, "Hey, go call the fucking police because we basically just saw, shot somebody who I think was a real person." Rebecca stupidly walks over to the bunny man and <gasps> sees that it's still alive. He's still alive. Shoot it again. So then the bunny man reaches into his uh, like a pouch in his uh, costume or whatever and pulls out a dead rabbit and then throws it behind him towards the the overpass towards the tunnel. So no going back to like reading the story. He says he looked me in the eye for the first time I really took in his features. He was young my age younger even clean cut. I don't know what I was expecting. Crazy eyes maybe Uh, homeless drifter meth mouth. I'm not sure but it wasn't this. Please, he coughed out, motioning towards the rabbit. He opened his mouth to speak, but all that came out was a pained cry, followed by a wheezing, gurgling sound. I had hit him in the lung. I stared at the rabbit, trying to understand the situation. The rabbit that he threw towards the hole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the overpass. This is very interesting. This is good. That was the first time I paid attention to my surroundings since I initially saw him. The moon had shifted, and I could see the opening of the tunnel now, and the large black fingers splayed on either side of the concrete. 
The opening was at least 12 feet wide, and somehow these hands were grabbing both sides at once. Hands that had to be, I'm, I have so many chills. Hands that had to be a foot long, easy. Whoa. Two tiny red what? orbs danced in the darkness. He, this is him looking into the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. The lights refracting and giving them an odd pale glow. That's when I first heard the scratching, slow, like the labor dragging of heavy furniture across an ancient wooden floor, followed by a ticking, tapping sound. The bunny man heard it too. His eyes grew wide, his mouth trembling. He attempted to speak again, but all that came out was that wet, rattling cough. He fell over trying to reach for the rabbit. I'm not sure why I didn't run uh, run for the jeep. I sincerely wish I had. Phone and gun forgotten, I grabbed the rabbit carcass. It was still warm, and I threw it with everything I had left in me, into the dark opening. The silence grew palpable, and the tapered shadow, uh, tapered shadow fingers retreated into the channel, tunnel. I heard a sickening crunch. The dragging started again, what? retreating into the depths of the darkness. What? <laughs> right? I Is this to... the opening to hell? Yeah. I looked at the bunny man, laying on the ground, laboring to breathe. His face relaxed and smiled. His unfocused eyes locked on mine, and he looked relieved. Y- your problem. He said, then laughed. The laugh turned into a gurgle, choking noise, and then he laid still. I walked to Scott's truck and found him curled up on the floor in the backseat crying. I regained my senses enough to call the police at this point. Um, they came out, took our statements, and my pistol. They held us for a while. So, he writes a lot more, but Did basically... Did they see the body? Did the police see the body on the floor? No. The bunny man's body? No, yeah, so it doesn't really go into that because it's just a story. Yeah. Um, I want specific details. <laughs> right. So basically what happens is he goes in uh, like into like sort of a dramatic, like ambiguous ending where he's like the next the next Halloween that was the first time somebody died in six years. And then he remembers back to when the bunny man was like, it's your problem now. And so now like the narrator of the story takes it up as his like uh, he becomes the bunny man uh. protecting everybody from what's in the tunnel. Oh. So now the, the bunny man could be a good guy. Yeah. So yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bunny man's a good guy. It's kind of like so our go slender. there on Halloween night and you know just like hang See out what with the bunny man, the guy in a bunny costume and an axe. It's kind of like this. Kind of reminds me of Slender Man. How they try to spin Slender Man oh, yeah, into they, a good they guy. They try sometimes. to create like a bigger mythos around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, he's saving the children. Mm-hmm. This and that. Kind of reminds me of that. Like, oh, he's gonna kill you, but to like save. Yeah. You. So I just thought it was a, that was like a cool, creepy story. It gives me chills. That like was really fun. Yeah. So um, in the end, uh, the legacy that sort of the Bunny Man has created is first and foremost, like the most obvious is Donnie Darko in yeah, yeah. 2001. Totally. Yeah. So directed by Richard Kelly. The fucking, best movie ever. Like one of the, like literally one of the fucking best movies ever. I fucking love it. With I, one of the greatest like, quotes, go suck a fuck. <laughs> how does one exactly suck a fuck? Tell me, blah, blah, blah. How does one suck a fuck? <laughs> yeah. Donnie Darko. Here's the thing about Donnie Darko. The second you think you figure it out, it gets more confusing. Mm-hmm. You will never truly it, understand Donnie Darko. Like, yeah, I mean, you can argue that it's like juvenile to a point, and I'll give you that. But I just fucking love it. It's just it fulfills like so many like great things, and all of like Donnie's retorts to the teachers yeah, yeah. are like what you think in the shower five days later. Yeah, it's so fucking good. I fucking love Donnie Darko. That's um, the thing about it. You, the more you think about it, the more the better it gets. Yeah, oh, I fucking love it. And then like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Need Drew Barrymore. More. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. Drew, Drew Barrymore, Barrymore. Need to say more. <laughs> yes. Don't fuck. I mean, literally fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, literally fuck Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> but love Drew Barrymore but and cherish her forever. Yeah, cherish her forever and worship. Like, massage her feet and give her wine. Yeah. She deserves it. <laughs> Actually, random shout out to Drew Barrymore and her most recent 
bio- uh, autobiography. Oh. It came out like 2016. It's oh, really good. I think it's called that. Wildflower. I, uh, listen to the audio tape. Corey loved it. Because it's her and it's fucking fun to Corey, just listen like, to her cried talk to me about, about her crazy after. life. It's so fucking fun. Also, in 2011, there was a slasher film titled Bunny Man. It'd be fun to like half fast forward through that and see if it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> also, in. 2017, uh, the Bad Wolf Brewing Company in Virginia re- uh, like released a Bunny Man, <laughs> like a red lager. Oh, <laughs> that's the fun. Bunny Man lager, basically. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. That's the fucking Bunny Man. Isn't that fun? It's like that, a fun little a fun urban one. legend. I've never heard of the Bunny Man before. Yeah, right? Never heard that's of that. pretty cool. Yeah. It makes you think, because I like how you said everyone around DC, they all talk about during Halloween. Makes you kind of think like how many urban legends are out there that we haven't really ever heard of. Yeah. But it's... Oh, and there's like a whole goat man of like the Virginia woods or like West Virginia woods or something that I had no idea about. Are there about any too. urban legends in Utah? Yeah. Um, there are urban legends in Utah. You can just like find them on local magazine stories or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you can go online and type in urban legends Utah. There's a lot. I don't know them off the top of my head. I know there's one about a lake that's close to here. Oh, is it the glass lake or whatever? The girl that drowned? Maybe, but it's basically like a lot of teenagers and children have drowned in this lake over <gasps> since like the 20s we should something. do a podcast episode there about that <gasps> yeah vacation episode i'm scared yeah we're, we're, we'll bring a recording episode we're... i don't want to camp near a haunted lake hell Fuck yeah that, shit. that is a good podcast opportunity no, unless Corey. it's like camp crystal lake i'm not camping near a haunted lake fine we'll go at like 2 p.m yeah uh-uh. and then we'll camp somewhere no, 2 p.m else. yeah deal not a.m not am 2 p.m. You like knock me out. You just like chloroform me. Oh god! <laughs> I, I pull up, like, Bundy. We wake up like in a canoe at 2 a.m. or I, 3 a.m. on the raft. Ew! No! 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 I'd no! Like, I barely like canoeing, let alone canoeing at night. <laughs> Ew! Like water. Fuck water. That black icker of water. Oh, black icker. <laughs> god. Um, yeah, there's also like a rock formation that I'm, that was like real that was that had some like satanic. In Utah? Yeah, in Utah. That is what I was trying to think of. Oh, that. Yeah. That's a real thing, too. Yes. Um, And there was, like, something to do with Boy Scouts and that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's there's a couple more. I found a cool website that, like, did a whole list of, like, the the top or the most, like, the scariest or most well-known urban legend of each state. Ooh. And I'll actually probably do some stories on that. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to post it because I'll actually do stories. Just kidding. I'll use that for influence. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the next 50 episodes. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Or I guess 49 now. We're almost close to episode 20. Crazy already. 20. Well, I am very spooked about the bunny man. Yeah. Yeah, it just has a lot of really creepy imagery as I was reading it. I was like, damn, that's spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. I think the thing that spooks me the most is when uh, it's the very first time he was ever me spotted and too. when the windows shattered, yep. that's what gets me. Like imagine just like fucking somebody in the back of the car and then you you like can sense and semi-see a figure walking around your car and then, uh, I'm getting I chills. have chills! And then out of the darkness into <laughs> no, the headlights walking towards you is a man in a buddy costume, a bunny costume, and then all of a sudden your passenger do- window shatters. The first thing I would think of is a Zodiac and Son of Sam. It's... That's probably my worst nightmare. The Zodiac, yeah. The Zodiac and Son of Sam. That's yeah. like oh, immediately what I think of because it so God, reminds me of the Zodiac and Son of Have Sam. Have you seen the movie? I haven't actually. Also with Jake Gyllenhaal. I have not actually. <laughs> uh, directed by David Fitcher. Yeah. 2008. It's on. <laughs> it, it's downloaded on my phone right now as we speak. It's so good. The opening scene just like totally captures the Zodiac. It's just like some some. I don't want to ruin it. So, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen the Hollywood movie The Zodiac. I've seen every true crime, true crime movie yeah. of, or anything that involves Zodiac, like from a true crime or journalist 
perspective i've seen that nice. but the like hollywood rendition no, yeah. it starts so that. perfectly when like the opening scene when it's over you're gonna be like i'm ready yeah like i'm ready for i know movie. i need to watch it i went through this super bitchy period in my life this is like years ago where like if a movie came out about something or someone that was real like the zodiac i was like eh, i'm not gonna watch it hollywood i'm that's why i'm pretty anti like csi and like law and order because it's fake stuff and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm like come on y'all watch id channel get into the real shit like the real shit's scary. Yeah, exactly. But I disturbing. I've changed over the past few years. I've evolved to just appreciate Hollywood. To appreciate it, yeah. Yeah. So I I, I want to watch the Zodiac. Is there like just as much as buffs about you? Like at least half the people involved in that were just as excited about the original content. Yeah. It's just like the execs were like, "Fucking do this." Yeah. They're like, "But what if you did this?" But yeah, I know I need to watch it because I would love it. Also, the Ted Bunny movies coming out in the next year, so and excited. I am excited for that. Yeah. I love. Wait, no. I don't love Ted Bundy. Thing, what's like the most re- what's the next horror movie? Um I'm trying to think. There's that one movie that's out right now about that kid. The like, Prod- Prodigy? Yeah. I already went and saw that. It was it was pretty good. There's, it was like okay. The next one I want to see is a James Wan one. It's about the uh it's like a Mexican ghost lady. <gasps> La Llorona. La Llorona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see that one. That actually comes out in April. Yeah, that's like the next one. That's yeah. the next one. And Velma from Scooby Doo. Yeah, there was it? also one with Chloe. Chloe that Morris. Fucking bitch. Fuck you, Chloe Morris. Fuck you, Chloe Morris. If you're ever hearing this, no, we don't we don't really hate. Bitch, <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> but we're not just gonna say we hate, we hate you. You're better you have way more money than us, so you don't care about us. Yeah, you I didn't give up but on your acting you. dreams like me, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need to like even if you hear this, don't feel bad because you're fucking rich. Yeah, like go look <laughs> in the mirror, you skinny bitch. Like yeah. fuck you. <laughs> but for no reason we hate you. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like a mutual hatred. Like and sorry, we girl. We individually hated her before we talked about it. But this. you know who I really don't like in Hollywood oh is God, Emma me. Roberts. Emma I'm okay. I don't give a shit. No. Fuck you, Emma Roberts. If you listen to this, fuck you. Damn. But you know what? We just hate hate people. I do love the way you dress. I wish I had your wardrobe. Mm. And Evan Peters is so beautiful. Her fiance. Uh, Tate from American Horror Story. He's in like every single American Horror Story. I don't think he's attractive at all. Well, I do since I'm like depressed, sad girl. Oh, yeah. uh. But um, he's definitely not like, he's not traditionally hot. Oh, yeah. I think the hottest person who's been on there is pr- Matt Bomer. No. What? He's too perfect for me. Yeah, he's, he's too, too pretty. He's but too he's... like 90s chisel. Like he, like he has the t- 90s jaw, the model look. I don't care about it. But he's undeniably hot though. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying like the most traditional hot is probably him. Is him, yeah. My my most hottie is the, 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 the dad in the beginning. Oh, yeah. In the first season. Big daddy moment. Yeah, he's fucking hot. Yeah. And you see him naked a lot. American Horror Story. You see his butt when he's masturbating? Uh-huh. American Horror Story is good. Yeah. I rewatched it. I was like turned on October. and he started crying and I was like, still turned on but sad about it? I, w- I watched <laughs> the first three seasons and then we got to Circus and I was like, I'm out again. Oh, yeah. I saw the first episode and I was like, meh. Yeah. So, and it sucks because it's like Jessica Lange's last season. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, I think she did a later one too. She came back. She came back for like the newest season. a couple season. episodes or something. Just one episode. Oh, yeah. I actually want to watch that one because it's like Coven and whatever. They yeah. realized that like we all just like Coven and that the gays just want to watch Coven. Yeah, they just like skipped Circus through Roanoke and then like they went yeah. back to the OGs. And Roanoke like, hey, was okay. He also gave you, like, you know, sexually ambiguous men that were warlocks. And all the gays are like, yeah, we've been waiting for that. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, American Horror Story is great. Let's now jump into some true crime. Let's get it. (laughs) Yeah, that that was a big transition. That was a big transition, but I don't know how else to transition that. Speaking of warlocks, true crime. Speaking of warlocks, let's talk about something real. (laughs) 
So my true crime segment today is about an unsolved disappearance. Yes. Ooh. These are so interesting. Mostly sad. Also my biggest nightmare. Just know if I ever disappear, <laughs> I never I will never run away. I am gone for good. Someone is behind me disappearing. I'm putting that down now. If, mm-hmm. if like, one day you're like, Chana disappeared. She probably ran away to start a new life. No, no I'm dead. Or I'm in sa- dead. sex trafficking. Or you went down taking down the guy that, that took you. Totally. I'm gonna. I'm not going to go out without a fight. <gasps> Ooh, speaking of that. Oh, no. I'll talk about it later. I'll talk about it in our, in, you know, at the end. Will you remember, though? Yes, because I actually wrote it down. Ooh! Yeah, I'm, like, getting on top of this, y'all. I'm fighting. I'm fighting that that molly memory <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're gonna talk about the disappearance of jennifer kessie this is, happened 2006 so i was in sixth grade Corey was in high school you're a freshman i was a freshman yeah, yeah. you're a freshman oh, i cute. was i was in sixth grade Picture, i just got my eagle i was like really into mormonism i was wearing like, butterfly capris and eating yeah. pizza sticks at i was at, i had khaki cargos on nice oh, it's okay we obviously grew up we, I still wear butterfly capris sometimes. Cute. It's fine. I do not wear khaki shorts. <laughs> <laughs> khaki shorts. Let this be known. Let this fucking be known. Corey, Corey does if not wear. If you know wear... one thing about this co- podcast, the co-host Corey Martin does not wear khaki cargo shorts. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the disappearance of Jennifer Kessie. So by January, January 24th, 2006, January 24th is actually my old best friend's birthday. So happy birthday, Chloe. Oh, my God. That's my sister's birthday. Oh, my God. With Lindsay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, happy birthday, no, Lindsay. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Never mind. <laughs> it's 23rd. Sorry, Lindsay. I love you. <laughs> Lindsay's like, wow. She's like, <laughs> She's like cool. <laughs> so by January 24th, not Lindsay's birthday, the day after Lindsay's birthday after in Lindsay's 2006, birthday. 24-year-old Jennifer Kessie graduated from University of Central Florida with a degree in finance, and she landed a job as a finance manager for Central Florida Investments, timeshare company, and Os- O-C-O-E-E. O-Titties, yeah. O-Titties, Florida. O-Titties, Florida. O-Titties, Florida. From from now on, O-Titties, Florida. Um, And she was the proud owner of a new condo in nearby Orlando. Oh, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, she's like fucking, she's 24. She's like, Get that fucking condo. condo. Yeah, go fucking her. And she's a finance major. Finance major. Oh, yeah, she's getting money. So the weekend before January 24th, Jen- Jennifer and her long-distance boyfriend, Robert Allen, they vacationed in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So everything was fucking perfect for her. Her she life was- sounds great. Can I yeah. have her life up until the 20... 24th of 2006? 24th. Not, not Lindsay's birthday. I'll get- no, no, no. Well, I'll, I'll have her life up until Lindsay's birthday, 2006, and then I'll be like, we're switching back. Yeah. <laughs> So life for Jennifer was pretty much perfect. She had her dream job. She had a wonderful relationship with her boyfriend. She just bought a brand new condo with her own dollar. Like she didn't have to ask for anything from her parents. She had a wonderful, wonderful relationship with her parents. Everything was perfect. She took pride in the fact that she got out of high school. She got her dream job. She worked hard for it. It was never given to her. She was a hard worker and just a wonderful wonderful human being and people describe her as one of the most like well-liked people you ever meet and she has the type of smile when she walks in the room and she's kind of lights up the room i love those people where they're like super successful and they have a lot of money and they deserve it and you know it you're like hell yeah you're like go fucking you You just like can't help but support them yeah so jennifer's condo was brand new and it was in an up-and-coming area to her right was a giant extremely popular mall it was a really developed area super nice 
no crimes, but you know, to the left of her condo was like the shit, shit, shit area. Drug dealers, <laughs> you know, like people throwing shit. People around. throwing shit around. Like <laughs> everyone was shitting the streets. <laughs> it's just like you, like she looks over it, wonderful, like the heavens. Looks over, then it's hell. So she was like right on the Back line to between Drum both. <laughs> So the majority of the condo complex was still under construction because um, it used to be like an apartment complex that was being turned into a condo complex. They're redoing okay. everything to make it really nice. Now, out of the few units that were ready to be occupied and which Jennifer lived in one of those units, uh, more than half of them were completely empty. So she lived in a oh. pretty empty oh, area. That's, that's creep. Yeah, it's getting creepier by the second. And the gates to her complex were constantly left open for construction workers. They didn't have to, like, swipe through security the whole time. Fuck that. Um, and there was never a shortage of a variety of construction workers oh, there. So yeah, you just have, like, randos walking in and out of the place all the time. Yeah, pretty much. And apparently um, some of the construction workers and, like, random randos, um, they even lived in or squatted in some of the empty units. Mm. Um, and it's also important to note that her complex had zero security cameras, which is extremely uncommon. I mean, it's 2006, though. Still, it's uncommon for the time. And also, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, they were under construction, so that's the argument there is, like, mm, they were in true. the middle of doing it, so they just didn't get around to doing the surveillance cameras yet. Yeah. But pretty much any apartment complex, especially nowadays, everyone has a security camera somewhere. True. Still worse quality than your iPhone. Even if they're fake sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Just so people know that there's something there. Now, Jennifer, she was pretty uncomfortable and nervous um, about being pretty much alone living in a construction site. Um, even though it's a really nice condo, she was still really nervous. Um, she told her parents and her boyfriend that they mentioned earlier um, that she was constantly catcalled and harassed by the work by the construction workers. And if they needed to do construction in her apartment, she would stand in the living room with her front door wide open so people could see slash hear what's going on. Oh. So I wrote a note here that I feel this to my fucking core. Yeah. Because being a woman's hard. But so, for example, like two weeks ago, we got brand new internet in the apartment. And I was so uncomfortable and scared that, a, that I was letting a strange man into my apartment. Mm-hmm. And Jordan just left back for work. Like, the whole time he was here. And he was, like, the nicest guy in the world. There was still this whole level of me being, like, oh, like oh, looking at him through my perif- through my peripheral vision. Seeing yeah, what like, he was any doing. moment he could just choke slam you against the wall. Yeah, exactly. He could, like, rape me. Like, no one's around. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I feel it to my core. She was so uncomfortable. I get it. Like, this is my fucking life. And if you're a woman listening to this right now, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, every day I live worrying about myself yeah um now jennifer she was also someone who always focused on her safety kind of like what i was just talking about you know she always called people when she was walking alone i do that she called her parents every single day just to check in i do that she made sure she was never alone with strangers in her condo i do that she carried pepper spray with her i did that until i got it confiscated at the airport you know i do the (laughs) exact same thing as jennifer (laughs) women everywhere do the exact same thing this could happen to anybody you know, I, I mean, I can't even walk to my car at night without feeling yeah. afraid. That's just what right. it is to be a yeah. woman. There's actually a really interesting uh, article I read one time about the subconscious, like, rape culture that's just, like, distilled in, like, women. How when I walk to my car, I carry my keys in between my knuckles so I can, like, stab someone if they attack me. Or, like, what the second I get into my car, I lock my doors and I immediately leave before I even start my music. Like, I do... Like it's like a list of like fifteen things that I do subconsciously where men don't do, Mm-mm. but for me it's so ingrained. Well, yeah, like we had a conversation at the beginning of the podcast where 
I was like, yeah, I'm, I, we, I felt fine. And you were like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, you know, like Jennifer, she just represents an everyday woman. You know, she took the precautions. She carried pepper spray. She did everything she could. So the weekend before her disappearance, um, she was in the Virgin Islands with her long-distance boyfriend, Robert Allen. I already mentioned that. Um, now on January 22nd, 2006, so this is two days before she went missing, Jennifer and Robert returned from their vacation, and she stayed at his place that night. Um, the next morning, she drove straight from his home in South Florida to her work in Otitties, Florida, and she returned <laughs> home to her condo in Orlando that evening. Um, now, her last known sighting was when she left work on January 23rd at 6 p.m. Everything appeared normal and perfect at work. Like, nothing was out of the usual. Like, everything was totally normal. Her behavior, it's just, it's Jennifer. Yeah. Everything's fine. Um, she drove home. She called her parents, like usual. She called her boyfriend. They're just talking. Um, Robert was her boyfriend. And around 10 p.m., she said goodnight to him. She's going to bed. Oh. Totally normal. I love you. Good night. I'll talk That's to you so tomorrow sad. in the morning. Now, Robert Allen um, would be the last person in Jennifer's inner circle to have contact with her. So the morning of January 24th in 2006, so Jennifer always, always called or at the very least texted her boyfriend every single morning. Like, hey, good morning. On my way to work. Just checking in. Love Cute. you. And Jennifer was someone who was known for her routine. Her doing anything out of the ordinary is pretty unlike her character. She really stuck to like, okay, I'm going to call him on the way to work. I will text my parents at lunch. When I get home, I'll call these people. You know, she was very, um, she was just known for her routine, especially involving her safety. Now, when Robert didn't get a call or text from her that morning, he was immediately worried because he knew something was very, something was wrong. Like, this isn't like Jennifer. Um, so, but, and he kept on trying to call her over and over again, and it kept on going straight to voicemail. And he was like, okay, something is pretty off here. Like, this is completely unlike her character. Meanwhile, at work, coworkers began to notice that she wasn't at work yet. She had a really important meeting that day. They're like, okay, this is pretty unlike her. She's like the golden star. Of yeah, employees. she's successful. She's reliable. Yeah, exactly. Um, they tried calling her, calling her, calling her again. Every call, every text just missed, went straight to voicemail or wasn't being responded to. Now, around 11 o'clock in the morning, Jennifer's employer contacted her parents because they were her emergency contact and they asked if they'd seen her or heard anything. Or what's going on? Like maybe there is some form of emergency, and her parents were and the, her parents' name are Drew and Joyce, and um, they were like, "Wait, what the fuck? Like, no, nothing's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Something is obviously wrong here. Like, we don't, we haven't heard from her. What's going on?" So they got in the car and they started making the two two hour drive over to her condo um, from Tampa to Orlando to Orlando to check on their daughter to see if she was home. During their drive, they called. Um, Jennifer's condo complex and they're like hey can you go and can you go to her apartment or her condo oh. see if she's there can you check if her car's there like maybe something's wrong like medically like we maybe she got in a car accident we just want to see if she's there um, her condo or her apartment manager or condo manager sorry they rolled up to her condo they're like no she's gone her car is gone everything looks her pretty normal and um, they said no one is home so by 3 p.m., her parents finally got to the condo. They walked in, and they noticed that everything looked totally normal. They found a damp towel, like, in the bathroom. They found a puddle of water in the shower, so just hours before she took a shower. Oh, my God. Like, they were there, you know, three, like, you know, six hours after she was just took a shower. Her makeup. So she was, so, so basically it's insinuated there that, like, she, got she ready woke for work. up, didn't call her 
boyfriend or text her boyfriend, but she was still at the house probably. Yeah, she was getting ready. But like she took a shower, she got out, she did her makeup, her hair, like her hair dryer and makeup were on the kitchen counter or the bathroom counter. She had like multiple different work outfits on her unmade bed. She just got out of bed picking her outfits. Cute. Her favorite pumps that she just bought were like gone, so she chose that with her outfit. And um uh, yeah, and, like, everything was just totally in the normal. Like, you would walk in her house back. Like, oh, yeah, she got ready for work, maybe in, like, a rush because it was kind of, like, a little messy, but nothing out of the nor- ordinary mm-hmm. really at all. And her purse, phone, and car keys were all missing. So you're like, oh, she just grabbed her shit, got ready, and left. Um, the only odd thing about her condo um, was that her pepper spray was left behind because Jennifer was known to, like, grab her keys and her pepper spray before she left anywhere. Okay. And her pepper spray was left behind. You know, some people think, like, oh, maybe she was in a rush from work. She just got back from vacationing. From vacationing, I don't want to fucking go to work. Uh-uh. So maybe she was just in a, in a rush. Maybe it ha- something happened, but her pepper spray was left behind. Um, but I, other than that, everything pointed to a totally normal morning. She just rushed to work. Her parents called the police, though, because still no one can get a hold of her. And the police initially said, well, she probably got in a fight with her boyfriend. She'll return later. Calls if she doesn't show up, pretty much. Com- you know, classic police officers. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're dealing with a lot of other things, but there's only so many of them. But still, sometimes it's like, what the fuck? Every disappearance case I talk about, though, yeah. starts with this. We're- but also, like, we're not talking about the, the cases that were disappearing cases that got solved. That's true. Now, uh, her parents, though, they're like, fuck you, cops. We obviously know something is wrong. Um, she wouldn't just take off and disappear on her own. So they called all of Jennifer's friends, family, coworkers, etc. pretty much anyone that would show up. And at around 5 p.m. that night, they began distributing flyers with her picture oh, um, to so all sad. the people in the area. And there's a bunch of news coverage of them stopping cars, giving them oh. everything like that. So at this point, the police started taking the situation a little bit more seriously and they sent a, det- a detective to her condo uh, and then police began their interrogations and so- started searching for jennifer in her car now it's important to note this is kind of odd that i thought but her condo was never checked for fingerprints or dna or anything why because her, co- her condo was never treated as a crime scene my guess is it's because it was fairly obvious that Jennifer left on her own. But like I was like she didn't text her boyfriend and she left pepper spray. Maybe somebody was already there. Exactly. And like gunpoint to the head said, "Get in your fucking car and drive to this location or like I'm going to kill your boyfriend." That's going to scare the The light just went off on my computer. It's fine. Guys. We're scared. Like the light comes back on and there's like a man behind me. I'm like, like oh! <laughs> Corey makes that scream. <laughs> ah! <laughs> give you one last laugh before i die right but that's the whole thing like it's so unprofessional already like there's such a big blaring mistake yeah, like, from the cops. go look at the fucking condo go take some fucking fingerprints yeah like that should be like number one like if i was a detective like, i'd be like okay first things first we're gonna look at her fucking condo we're gonna yeah. start where she lives see if anything's wrong because maybe something obviously isn't wrong but maybe they're gonna find semen somewhere or a fucking handprint right? or something yeah Ugh, okay, this case is frustrating. Don't so, go to my apartment. You'd find a lot of semen. Hey. <laughs> You'll find a lot of se- of Jordan semen inside of oh. my vagina apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So Jennifer was then officially labeled a missing person. So this is when the media began to start covering it. They're like, yo, uh-huh. Jennifer Kessie's missing. What the fuck? Now, for a couple days, there was absolutely nothing. No clues, no signs. 100% percent 
nothing of Jennifer. But then two days later, dun-dun-dun, police received a phone call from somebody who had seen a photo of her car in the news, and they thought it looked a lot like one parked outside of their apartment complex. And the apartment complex was about a mile and a half away from her condo. That's so terrible. Police arrived and confirmed that it was indeed Jennifer's car. So then the car is photographed and hauled to a crime lab for forensic examination. Now, upon analyzing the car at the police crime lab, just two pieces of physical evidence was recovered. A latent print deemed too minuscule to yield any helpful information and a small amount of DNA. Basically, what that means is a baby fingerprint, but they couldn't get anything from it. Um, And then... A DVD player of hers remained in the backseat of her car. And because of Jennifer's personal effects, like her cell phone and purse and her clothes and herself weren't able to be located, you know, it was determined that the motive of the suspect was not robbery. It's important to note this is 2006. 2006, DVD players were the fucking shit. So if... Yeah, you, like... You had iPods-ish. But DVD players were still... But DVD still, players were still big. You like didn't most stream people. anything. Like, Netflix yeah. was still through DVDs. Yeah, like so, the rich people were like, I have an iPod. Right. But, yeah, so it's important to... The, the police were able to gather because nothing of value was taken. This wasn't a robbery gone awry. This was specifically targeted Jennifer. <laughs> Sad no. story. I would, like, mow the lawn with a DVD player in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, with that CD-ROM. Yeah, like literally playing a CD of like yellow card. <laughs> I love. Oh my god. Okay, so the police brought Rob, which is her boyfriend, just to remind you, to the car to see if he noticed anything unusual or peculiar. Um, and the very first thing he noticed, and the only thing he noticed, was how the driver's seat was situated. He said it was pushed <gasps> back. No. Jennifer was like average that height. That fucking guy was in her fucking apartment. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I agree with Corey 100%. But um, so, yeah, so Jennifer, she was like average height. She was like 5'6 to 5'8, like pretty uh-huh. standard. But this the seat was pushed far enough back where it made her boyfriend be like, no, Jennifer sat closer. And, you know, he would especially notice because he's driven the car before yeah, so himself. so he would switch it back and forth. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure. Yeah. So he just – that was like the very first thing. He was like, there's no way. Jennifer was a nugget. Like she pushed her seat forward. Someone else drove this car, like 100%. Shit. Um, now, police, like, looked through the whole car, but they just they determined it was pretty much wiped down. So if someone's fingerprints were there, like, the steering wheel was wiped, the the seat was wiped, the seat belt, all that. Like, they didn't have any DNA, anything from it at all. Yeah. Um, now, police, they, scom- they confiscated a local surveillance camera, and they looked at the, the footage, and they discovered an unidentified person parking the car and walking away and just never looking back. That's creepy. So the surveillance video showed a person of interest dropping off the car at noon on the day of the disappearance. So the parents, yeah, so like about an hour after the coworkers called the parents to know what's going on, the person parked the car. I have chills up my whole body right now. This is, this is my greatest she's fear. Just, she literally just said goodnight to her boyfriend. 12 hours before, not even. And then she's gone. So by noon the next day, 12 hours after she said goodnight to her boyfriend, this is apparent, you know, usually she would be at work for three hours by now. Some person parked her car at this apartment complex and walked away. So imagine like watching your watching a video, like a shitty surveillance video of somebody driving your friend, your daughter, your mom's car 12 hours later. And just parking it and leaving. And a, mi- a mile away. A mile away. And they're, and it's somebody different. And that per- significant other is gone. Yeah. 
This is a panic attack Daniel, in an episode. That's reality. I'm going to take Xanax you, right like now. Bit slapping you in the face. Yes. So the surveillance camera, like I said, showed the person parking it, walking away, never looking back. And it, like I said, happened at noon of the day of the disappearance, 12 hours after. But any physical description of the suspect is almost entirely obscured by the apartment's gate. So the camera was designed to capture images once every three seconds as opposed to constantly streaming. Okay, yeah. The constant video. And it just so happened that at each interval when it would snap a picture, the person of interest was obscured by a gatepost oh, while walking by. It was such perfect timing it was it's like insane like you can't possibly replicate that you it's oh, so hard so to get shitty. that exact timing now investigators went so far as they got nasa involved to help enhance the video footage to see if they could determine what the fuck the person looked oh, like so they couldn't even dis- they couldn't even discern if it was a man or a woman like they couldn't figure out anything oh. the closest thing they got is that it was probably between the person was probably between five three and five five but any other thing, anything else about five, them? Five three and five five. It's short. Damn. But then here's the next question: Why was the seat pushed so far back? Oh my god, y'all aliens! So, it's <laughs> so this is aliens. This is not about aliens. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so journalists covered the who covered the story reported that the obscured footage made this person of interest, quote unquote, the luckiest person of interest ever. I'm going to post a picture of Shit. this in the highlight. It's pretty crazy when God you look damn. at it. Because the chances of this happening are so insane. Like, NASA couldn't even fucking help. So they, they <laughs> called in. If NASA can't help your ass, you're, you're fucked. fucked. <laughs> like, they're looking at everything, so yeah. you're fucked. So a search dog, they rolled up a search dog. They're like, here's Jennifer's scent. Let's look this up. And the search dog smelled the car, smelled Jennifer, and immediately took them directly straight back to her apartment. A bush right next to her apartment. Yeah. This is crazy. Yes. This is like almost Eliza Lamb shit. This, yes. This is, okay. Literally, like if there was an elevator involved, I'd be like, this is the same case. Yeah. So, (laughs) like the dog takes him to to a bush that leads to a shaft of an elevator. Of an elevator, (laughs) which leads to a water tank at the Hotel Cecil in Los Angeles. We figured it out. We NASA figured out. NASA followed the, the elevator shaft through like gravitational anomalies and ended up <laughs> in the water tank of Elisa Lamb. <laughs> like fuck. And then we discover Elisa Lamb is indeed Jennifer Kessler. No, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> so a search dog led them directly, no, no stops, nothing, straight to Jennifer's unit. So obviously, it's determined that she went straight from her unit to. To that place. To that place. And the search dog stopped at a bush next to a unit. So police and around 1,400 volunteers spent the next few days physically looking for her, her body, around the surrounding area of her apartment. So, you know, this is in Florida. So behind her unit, it was fields, marsh area, alligators, things like that. Um, They found a few items, high heels, things like that, but none of them belonged to Jennifer. It's just, you know, typical Florida marsh. I guess. Uh, <laughs> High heels, blue jeans, white shirts. Yeah, body, not Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> so the police began questioning family, friends, and coworkers, you know, anyone they could really question to try to figure out a motive, suspects, anything like that. And they, they figured out a couple suspects in mind. Obviously, the first being her current boyfriend, Robert Allen, because yeah. it's a murder case or it's a to. missing person's case. You're going to look straight at the yeah. person she's romantically involved with. Because there's, like, some crazy high percentage of the majority of people go missing or who murdered are by their significant others. Yeah. So, shout out if I ever die, look at Jordan first, Shout I out guess. to significant others. Yeah. 
Um, so Robert Allen, her, her bae, he had a strong alibi. They couldn't find any motive for him, so he is removed from the suspect list pretty much almost yeah. immediately. It, like, 100% wasn't Robert Allen unless he's, like, the most incredible, <laughs> like, yeah. murderer like out there, Eliza I guess. Lamb's Next demon. was her ex-boyfriend. Apparently, her and ex-boyfriend broke up a while before, um, but he was completely devastated by it. He loved her. He constantly begged for her to take him back. Um, investigators found out that he was actually at a bar, 666% shit-faced, directly <laughs> across the street from her apartment complex, or her, from her apartment the night that she went missing. Fingerprint that bitch. Fingerprint that motherfucker. But he claimed he had nothing to do with it, and the police couldn't connect him at all. They let him go. Did they, like, talk to the bartender and be like, hey, did Probably. this dude leave? I mean, I don't have, like, the alibi Ugh, statement. Fuck. but Yeah. I mean, they couldn't – something in it, they couldn't match him directly to it. Do I disagree with that? Obviously. Do I – am I a police officer that, that has the facts? Fuck? No. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next was a coworker. So Jennifer had a coworker who was, who was absolutely obsessed with her. We've all been there. Um, he emailed and harassed her constantly. We've all what been there. The uh, but she turned down all of his all of his advances, <laughs> saying she didn't date people she worked with. Apparently, he got really, really, really upset over it. And on January 24th, you know, the day she went missing, this coworker was actually late to work that day. No. Yes. No. Yes. Fuck him. And then. Fuck him. And, but wait, there's more. And then a few hours later, when they all talked no. about how Jennifer wasn't there, he made a comment by saying, well, she was probably eaten by the gators by now. Oh, my God. Fucking kill him. Obviously Fucking him. just detain him now. Yeah. The police Plant questioned evidence. him, <laughs> but he was able to prove that he was late because he got a speeding ticket. Fuck that. With no other evidence. Does he have the speeding ticket? He does. Like, they're police. So they have, like, records. Oh, fuck. But with no other evidence, he was let go. Fun fact about this, people actually speculate that he purposefully got, got the, the speeding, speeding ticket, ticket for the alibi. Um, which um, if I committed a murder, I would probably do something like that. Yeah, because then now he's alibi. Yeah. He's free. Current mood, walking free right yeah, also now. Also, if I'm ever late to anything and I say I got a speaking ticket, I fucking killed somebody last the other night. Yeah, that's tomorrow. not real. I'm joking. Okay, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he has a speeding ticket tomorrow. I'm like, well, fuck. I'm like, I got a speeding ticket. I'm <laughs> like, Corey killed someone. <laughs> Help me, please. Fucking I'm... like, I don't know who do we know. I don't want to kill anybody. I right know. <laughs> God, you name someone. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, wait. <laughs> I'm like that motherfucker from second grade that looked at me weird. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. You're dead. Jenna's like, and we're done, fuck us. So, anyways, guys, I'm not friends with Corey anymore. I need a new host. <laughs> so that he didn't get arrested, he was let go. Um, and then there were the construction workers. So, like I mentioned yeah. earlier, Jennifer was extremely uncomfortable with with the majority of the construction workers who worked and sometimes lived in her complex for good reason. True. Um, they were constantly harassing her, catcalling her. I get it, Jennifer. Like I'm fucking scared of any human being that looks yeah. at me. So I get it now. And when this case started getting some major publicity, not just locally in Florida, but everywhere, like nationwide, people were talking about it. Construction workers started just disappearing. Um, they were like, oh, I'm done with this project. Peace out. And pretty much they were making it nearly impossible to pin anything down or get a decent lead. Um, now, the investigators. Wait, wait. Did I understand that correctly? Like recently after her disappearance, just like multiple construction workers were like, I quit. Yeah. Or like I'm moving to a different project. I mean, I don't have the exact details on it. 
Um, this is where it gets a little fuzzy because the investigators found out that the majority of the construction workers were undocumented immigrants from other countries. Oh, so police are walking around. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing. I'd be like, bye, bitch. So this is where it gets. That's the whole. That's the whole part of it. So yeah. This is where it gets hard because now police are investigating you. You're undocumented. You're like, I'm like, out. Bye. And so this made it like a million times harder to find out who is even working because all these people were disappearing. So like, who was working when? So it very well could have been one of the undocumented people, but yeah, like they don't yeah. have any record of the person. Like fucking knows, yeah. So they could just walk free. Now, the few people who the investigators were able to talk to, they didn't have anything to do with the case. So it was a dead end, even though like they knew, you know, if it was a construction worker, they'll, I mean, it could have been, it's very possible. And some people th- theorize that, you know, it could be a construction worker that was there every day. They could see Jennifer's routine, it would be pretty easy to walk into her apartment. They could even have keys to it. You know, when she gets home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could just be waiting there for her. I they mean, like the construction worker to me is probably one of the most likely theories, especially knowing that they could just disappear without a trace. It's mm-hmm. in Florida. Leave her to the alligators. The I don't know. Across the street, though, y'all. Uh, and that fucking coworker. Yeah. And maybe every single person's involved. They're all involved. Yes. So people started speculating that she was abducted during her drive to work or directly inside of her condo since the dog let them straight back and that she was a victim to human trafficking. So that's where I got oh, my That's what I was from. thinking because like all the, all, the, all the construction workers disappeared. I was like, sex life. Yeah, exactly. And around this time uh, that Jennifer disappeared, a huge traffic ring um, was busted in Orlando where she lived. Um, and it's and it was very, very, very common for women to be taken into sex trafficking or some form of trafficking in the area that she was located. Damn. So people are thinking that maybe someone saw her driving to work. She got abducted or like, they... This woman lives alone. We yeah, exactly. She home. She's like the perfect candidate to to get to yeah. become a victim There's of some no form of trafficking. Her, apartment. her apartment's always open. But um with that theory, you know, police could not link anything to that theory, so it remained a theory. Um now after months months and months went on with no leads, no evidence, no new theories, really nothing new for the case at all. Um resources and coverage started dwindling and the case went cold. However, when I say cold, I don't mean like case closed, it's cold, label's cold, it's done. The case was still technically open and active and to this day it still is. Um so but nothing was happening for the case. So it was just kind of like a dead end. Yeah. So now flash forward. So this was in 2006. Flash forward to 2018. Uh-oh. Nothing. So Jennifer's family, nothing's happening. Oh. No break. Jennifer's family decided enough was enough, and they hired a private detective to help them with the case. They filed a lawsuit against the city of Orlando and the Orlando Police Department and the department's chief in an effort to make the thousands of documents they have for her case available to the PI and to the family. Okay. Um, now, because the case is still technically an active investigation, all files and connections to the case are sealed. So Ooh. that's why they started this lawsuit, being like, it's been fucking like... It's our fucking daughter, yeah. Lois, like... It's yeah. been since 2006. It's been 13 years at this point. Give us these fucking documents so we can yeah. do it ourselves. Let us, like, take control. Yeah, exactly. So the, the suit alleges that the case is, is called and the family seeking to release all the documents so they can start doing something themselves. Now, it could take years before there's a resolution to their lawsuit, and so it could become years until the Kessie family has even access to the entire case file. They have access to some of the files, but not all of them. Yeah. 
In the meantime, the case is still open. Now, I'm going to be posting pictures of her. I'm going to be posting pictures of what they speculate what she could look like now. Damn. Um, her suspect that was covered by Gates. I'm going to I'm gonna post a bunch of pictures in the episode highlight. Um, now, if you have any information about this case, please go to jenniferkessie.com because her family is looking for her every single day. Damn. And they have been looking for anything for her for the past 13 years. Because Jennifer Kessie went missing from her apartment complex She's without 24. a trace. Jennifer, January 24, 2006. Oh, how old was she, 24? 24 years old. Yeah. And, Shit. And that's the disappearance of Jennifer Kessie. My, my literal worst nightmare. That's sad. It's a sad one. Yeah. Not a happy one. Yeah, I always, like, that's why, like, I try and, like, throw jokes in, like, in, in your sex. Because it's a sad segment. But, like, half the time they're just, like, really sad and it'd be really bad to, like, throw yeah. jokes could in. You, could you just imagine, though... So part of the reason why I don't have a ki- I don't want to have kids. Fun fact: If you don't know that about me, I don't want to have kids. One Dude, of the stress. biggest reasons is just the constant worry I would have because yeah. like I Toulouse's passing devastated me like I never expected anything to devastate me. Could you imagine one day your daughter just goes missing like this? Yeah. No clues, nothing. Everything's fine and nothing's fine. Like you go to her apartment and like you can still see the water in her shower. Like she was alive and well three hours before. Down. It's Shit. not like I can't even imagine the horrors that her poor, poor, poor family went through. And her boyfriend, too. Like, he loved her. He wanted a future with her. And she's just gone yeah, like that. Like, too. it's just the whole thing is just so devastating. And like, she just started her life. She was my age, like my age and just goes disappearing. I. It's just that's ridiculous. It's so fucked up. So that's a disappearance. Jennifer Kessie. I'm very sad now. Yeah. so anyways how's uh so yeah how's your sex life (laughs) how's my sex life um only sex related thing is that semi little story okay so at the end of like last summer i was doing like a lot of dating like right back to back i did like went through like four guys like in a month less than a month almost just because like you know gays suck at dating yeah (laughs) anyway so one of the guys i like one of our random just like cash dates it wasn't even a date really i just like was this the pre-cum date no (laughs) it's not the pre-cum date in the park (laughs) pre-cum park date date. that was not intended guys we were just really attracted to each other (laughs) we're fine moving on moving on (laughs) should have worn darker pants that day okay live and learn (laughs) live and learn Dicks are hard. <laughs> Dicks are hard, literally, sometimes. Okay, so, yeah, you can't control things sometimes. Uh, anyways, so one of the guys, uh, I went to his the house that he was living at because he was living at his brother's house. Okay. And there, it was his brother, and his brother is his older brother was also gay. The super hot brother. Yeah. No, no, no. The brother isn't hot. No, the older brother's hot. The older brother's boyfriend. Boyfriend was hot. Was hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> and so they show up, and I'm at you know the guy that I was dating. I was like really attracted to. Yeah. And then the brother, older brother's boyfriend, like came home, and I was like, "Damn, yeah. that guy's cute as fuck." Yeah, Corey rolled up to He's not just me. hot; he's cute and hot, and there's a difference. There is. We don't need to get into it because it's just like too hard to understand unless you're in person, you know? Yeah. So there's a cuteness and there's a hotness, and if you have both, it's just like bam, husband. Yeah, you're good to go for life. Yeah. So he walked in, and I was like, you know, talking to them a teeny bit, but more just trying to focus on the, my date, the guy that I was with. Damn it. And then I was like, damn, you know, we went home, and then eventually, it, it, that was the guy where I was like putting all the dates together, and he wasn't really putting any effort. But then he would message me and be like, yeah. whoa, dude, where'd you go? And I'm like, 
I'm just waiting for you to actually put a date together. I'm sorry. I've put the last three together and then spent money on the last two all by myself. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for you to show me interest. But I didn't tell him that because it would come out as crazy or yeah. whatever. And so we're So it's just like, you know what? I guess you're not interested enough. Bye. Yeah. You know? So, Do your um, part or we're just going to assume you're not interested. Exactly. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it turned out he just, like, randomly texted me and I randomly texted him. And then he just stopped. And so he didn't really care enough. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, I know I've always been like, damn, I, I, that guy's hot. Oh, I, my God. I know, I'm so that'd excited. be fun. And I had an inkling that the older brother and that hot guy's relationship was dwindling. You can just tell sometimes. Yeah. And it totally was. And Hell so yeah. literally the guy, uh, the older brother mo- moved somewhere. And then I just saw it uh, last or a couple of days ago on Scruff. And it was that du- the guy, <laughs> the hot guy. <laughs> and he you? was like, just got out of a four year long relationship. And I was like, oh, shit. I haven't even thought, you know, I haven't thought about him for like, you know, three four months yeah we now. haven't talked about him since at least fall yeah and i haven't thought about this guy when i was like oh sh-. I, I literally was like going through stuff and i was like this guy's nearby and he's hot and he's like my age oh my god did you message him and so i messaged him and i was like halfway through the message message and i realized it was him <gasps> and i was like oh shit so i like rewrote the entire message and then sent him a message i was like hey i was like dating your your boyfriend's younger brother yeah. at the time i wasn't dating but we were going on dates yeah and i was like hey i just like you're cute and i'm sorry that that happened to you um you know i'm like not trying to pray and i don't want to pray on you because you're obviously just like i'm on here for friends and connections and if something happens it maybe happens but i'm not here to just go fuck in a rebound yeah, yeah. and i'm totally chill with that and so i was like hey if you want to like hang out that'd be cool so we're like talking and that was fun that's like basically it so nothing's happened like sex hasn't happened but still, you guys are and that's talking. not my goal but it'd be really nice to just like talk to another gay dude yeah that i'm like at least you know attracted to yeah Yeah. and you know like yeah you guys become good friends and then yeah exactly something romantic can happen eventually yeah and then like you like we're on a walk and then like you know the bunny man dumps out and then like i save him and then he like like, lets you put in his butt and then we like run off and in the distance and we're happily ever after Good relationships start with becoming friends. That's like yeah, and that's a really that's the goal. Yeah, and I didn't just meet him online. I met him through somebody that I was dating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's your meat story. That's my that's my hope. I love that. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. So yeah, he's fun. Oh my god! Yay! He needs to uh, come hang out with the group if you guys after you guys. Yeah, hang out a yeah, times. yeah. If he, I mean, he seems like a little. He doesn't seem standoffish, but he's not, like, jumping at the opportunity to go to some. Oh, so, yeah, we'll update. We'll update next we'll week. We'll keep you updated. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. <gasps> fun idea, Corey. Because uh-huh. we've never done this before. It'd be so fun. Like, okay, this is me jumping way ahead of myself. <laughs> but let's say. <laughs> You're like, let's choose the colors and the cake let's now. Just, let's just have fun <laughs> with this. So, let's say you guys, like, talk a little bit and start hanging out. Then, like, you guys can come over and, like, hang out with me and Jordan. We can no, do, like, yeah. a little just double couple oh, night. But, like, super chill. Just, like, play some, like, Smash Bros or something. Yeah. Drink wine. He's and a little nerdy, too. Yeah. Yeah. We can just have a really on. comfy night here and just, like, thick. no pressure. Super. That's not, like, a dinner and a movie, but, like, very casual yeah. here. No, totally. Yeah. This is I, very yeah, fun. Yeah, it'd be really everyone. nice if, yeah. I'm going to anyway. Pinterest this later. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> you like, this is what we're doing. This well, is the colors. <laughs> yeah. This is the color scheme. Dressed well. But yeah, uh, that happened. Cool. Also bought a car. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I literally bought a car yesterday, like uh, a little less, or probably, I don't know how long, but like 26 hours ago or something. Woo. Um, It's getting a, a bearing replaced, so I'll pick it up tomorrow morning. And then uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, and I watched Hush, finally. Hush is a, I think it was 2011 movie. And you know the girl, uh, the lesbian girl? Oh, yes. Tyler told me earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, we watched it together last night. It was really yeah. fun. I like watching scary, scary movies with It's him. the girl from Haunting of Hill House, Theodora. Yeah. yeah, Theodora. There we go. And it, it turns out, so I forgot that Mike Flanagan, the director of The Haunting of Hill House, like the best thing ever yeah. I've ever seen in my entire life, he directed 
um, and co-wrote Hush. Oh, so and that's I didn't why know that. you got the actor. Yeah, and they're cool. also fucking husband and wife. Oh. Yeah. <gasps> cute. Yeah, isn't that cute? That's isn't so that cute, cute as fuck? So it's a really good movie. Y'all should go watch it. It's a good little twist on uh, just a home invasion movie. Cool. Um, it's a, it's it's creepy and scary, she, and it's a good there's some good intense scenes. It drops the ball sometimes, but it's fine. It's not perfect. Yeah. You know, nothing needs to be perfect. I don't think almost any especially horror with movie horror. Others. I'm super yeah. like just happy. I'm watching a horror movie. Horror is just fun. Yeah, it's I think just like fun. Hereditary was pretty much perfect. Goddamn. A Quiet Place was really good. Quiet Place is good. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. They did a good job. Good job, hot John Krasinski. Yeah. Good job, beard. But yeah. Good job, Gronk, because he's beard. So as you guys can see, like beard porn for Corey is a having a much better week than last week. So oh, yeah, yay, I'm, Corey, I'm fine. Good. Yeah, I'm good. I got a fucking car. Corey's birthday is in two weeks, We're everyone. moving forward. <laughs> Less than two weeks. And we're going camping in Moab. Yeah, we're going camping in Moab. Gonna, that'll be super fun. I'm making a lot of delicious camping snacks. I want to get spooked, though. We need to look up, like, ghost stories. Done. I'm excited. Done and done. Yeah. And you have to tell me what type of cake you want or pie. I'm making whatever Ooh. you want. Maybe we could just make a cobbler because we're camping. Sure. But I want fucking... Whatever you want. No, let's just make a cobbler. It'll be easier. It'll be more fun. Whatever you want. We can make a very easy vegan cobbler. That'll okay. taste the exact yeah. same. Oh, yeah. So it'll be very easy. That'll be good. Well, yeah. Corey's birthday is March 22nd, so make sure to wish him a very happy birthday. Yes. There's going to be a big Instagram post about it, and you can send us nudes. I'm turning 28. 28, motherfuckers. Yeah. So, so close. I want nudes. Two years to the dirty, t- <laughs> dirty 30. I want nudes or nudes and double O-O-D-S. Right. Just watch. Like... Like your dirty thirty is gonna happen. You're gonna be in a very extremely monogamous perfect I want relationship. Dirty, I want to do a dirty thirty so bad, but I think I'd be so excited about it and giddy. It would like Ruin make it. everyone's dick go limp. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> like ah, I'm dirty thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I like go like go balls deep in a guy. I'm like dirty thirty. They're like, Ugh. <laughs> you're like punching someone's prostate with your fucking hand. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like dirty thirty. <laughs> 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 so two years till that experience. It like turns into fisting. I'm like, wah! Day thirty's over. <laughs> I'm like standing next to you. I'm like, what the I'm like, fuck? I'm like PSD, like throwbacks to New York. Well, oh god, <laughs> episode was that six or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Corey's doing great. Let's see, my sex life this week has been better than last episode recording yeah i have only had one extremely severe panic attack but my doctor was like here's some zannies so that obviously helped Zannies. and um we got toulouse's ashes this week which oh, is in a cute little box it's in a very good box it's... it says toulouse and then in quotes boost that was his nickname and we got a bunch of things with his paw prints we had a memorial for him today it's just i think it's been really good closure for all of us as a group to come together and still like laugh and Think about his memories and still yeah. do it to lose love and just hang out with each other. So cute. And it's been, it's a whole not new and another level of peace for me having his ashes back home. Which Wait, do you really want to nice. share the fun story about Booze? The Our favorite story. titty story? Yeah. Have we shared it before? I don't think we have. So here. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've heard it before, just like sit back and listen. Because it's a funny story. <laughs> so one of our all-time favorite stories of Toulouse is when he molested me. <laughs> <laughs> so Toulouse was obviously the greatest kitty in the whole world. And he loved food. But he loved his mommy, me, a lot more than he loved food. Which is saying uh-huh. that something. Because Toulouse would like kill a bitch for a fucking McNugget. Yeah. But one day, this was when Corey and I lived with each other like two years ago. I was laying on my bed. My titties out. I couldn't tell you why, but my titties You're are usually out. You're laying in your out. bed. Your titties can totally be out. My titties. No explanation needed. 
pretty much from here on out, any story I tell you about my life, just assume my titties are out for it. <laughs> but so my titties Unless are out. Unless we say otherwise, my titties, titties are, are out. out. <laughs> and I was like eating vanilla ice cream. This is when I was not vegan, so it was just regular ice cream. And uh, I was laying there, and Toulouse was, like, sitting next to me, just, like, being Toulouse, just giving me the biggest cuddles in the whole world because he loved me more than everything. And this tiny drop of vanilla ice cream <laughs> just dropped straight onto my titty. Before I even consciously understood that ice cream touched my titty, Toulouse jumped up, and he's like... <laughs> And just licked my titties so fast and so aggressively before I even understood ice cream got to my titties. And I like looked down. And I was like, oh, my God, Toulouse is licking my nipples. And so I like ran to Corey and I was like, Corey, Toulouse is molesting me. Titties not out. Titties. My titties were no longer out because I ran to Corey and Toulouse totally pulled a Norman Bates and was like licking my titties. Because yeah. he loved so my titties so much. And he loved ice cream. It was like his two favorite things combined. Uh, yeah, and he's always made muffins on your titties. He's always made muffins on my titties. <laughs> They're great muffin making titties. But yeah, Toulouse love yeah, that was when Toulouse molested me. It's one of our favorite stories because so he just funny. like licked ice cream <laughs> off my titties. That's just explained it perfectly. That's yeah, we love Toulouse. And that, as you guys can tell, this week is much more positive for us about his passing. Because yes, I'm able yeah. to look back and think really positive about him because he was the best kitty in the whole world. And That's again, so thank you to everyone who has been continuously reaching out to me about his passing. It has done more than you'll ever realize. So thank you. We love you guys. So love I guess you. our biggest question to our lovely listeners is. Anyways. How's your sex life? Bye, guys. Bye. Have a good week. See you next week. <clears throat>